Hey everybody and welcome to episode 517 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Rapares, coming to you from the St. Nate Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and give us $20. Uh, <laughs> who's joining me now? Uh, Chris Antista, once again reminding you, especially this week, I think Gun should have more Gun. Mm. And it's not funny. No. <laughs> this, this may be the last time I get to say this. 3D's nuts, Matthew oh! Allen. <laughs> it's true. The the 3DS is truly departed this week. I think we had a show like a couple years ago when they shut down production of it. And, you yeah. know, talking about like, oh, these were the most defining games on 3DS. And now the eShop is gone. It's true. Yeah, it I, sounded just I, like that back then. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was. Like, I <laughs> emulated my voice from however many years ago perfectly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 3DS and Wii U, both of their eShops shut down on uh, March 27th and you know there were a bunch of bunch of articles published talking about like oh these are the games you have to get before it dies they'll never be available anywhere else which might be true for a lot of these I don't know Offici- officially and functionally maybe mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like yeah, that, uh, that was yeah that was my original inspiration for I think what this list morphed into I'm like you know some of that stuff might be trapped there just because of the form factor of the DS and eventually 3DS and like the fact that there was 3D and unless Apple releases like a fat a fat <laughs> uppercase screen. e-shaped phone mm. like uh, the, some of these <laughs> games have nowhere to go <laughs> yeah, just... I mean if you, I, I've emulated a lot of DS games on on my PC but not a lot of 3D, 3DS games mm. and again I, I had an okay time with most of it but like it just it just isn't the same and it's ridiculous and it's just so inoptimal weirdly i had the thought with you guys that like the most optimal way to present 3ds games would be vr meaning first party nintendo mm. will never support it <laughs> <It'll>... oh come <laughs> on they had that what was that weird VR labo thing? Labo. Uh, Labo. Labo. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Virtual Boy, the thing everyone forgets no, no, about. No, because no. anyone who used it, including me, was blinded by the red I light. think, as I just proved, more people forget about Labo than Virtual Boy. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, it just, it, I just, I, I sort of had this idea, a naive idea, that the 3DS would never truly go away because the 3DS was around for almost, almost as long as the original Game Boy. Uh, was it? W- w- was it 09? And only recently, only recently did, did I stop seeing them on store shelves. Well, they and transitioned into the 2DS, and that thing, yeah, just seemed to kind of live forever. Yeah, 2011. 2011. 2011? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I yeah, felt like that, the, the DS life cycle was pretty long, too. That was like, what, 04, 05 to 2011 or something? Like Yeah, but uh, 10 years, not unimpressive, but I do, I, I think if I'm looking back on our show, Nintendo kind of pulled the plug on it. You know, a couple years ago, this was just kind of like we're taking the life support off. Like, there's really no money in this anymore. And, it, and I say that as a, as a tragedy. Tragedy, and um, I hope people in the audience feel the same as me. But I can understand if you don't. I think I've said that before. I own more 3ds's than any other console. Uh, six or seven. I, <laughs> wow. I bought. I bought it. I bought a launch version. I bought the. Excel version. I bought the new 3DS version. I bought a Japanese version to play Monster Hunter early, and I 
obtained a few through means I don't want to discuss on this show right now. But Did you ever di- have a 2DS? Because I think, Michael, you no. have a 2DS. Yeah, right? I have a 2DS right here. Gross. Yeah, they're, those things are built like just like a brick. They're amazing. No, well, the, 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 the 2DSs, are, it's like it's a thinner, lighter version of the 3DS XL. And so, the new like, 3DS XL? Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, like... But it has the, it has the analog stick? Yeah. That, oh, cool. that was appealing. But then I get into some of the 3D games, you know, the, the old 8 and 16-bit games, like Streets of Rage and Kirby and yes. all those, and try to yeah, play them like, that was great. this is worthless without the actual 3DS, because sure. it's just the original game with no bells and whistles. There's no 3D effect. But I, I yeah, I did want to say, for my personal experience, the 3DS was so important, I'm... A, I be, begin working in the games industry a couple of years earlier. I'm working with Michael. Mm-hmm. Matt is but a glimmer in our eye. Uh, and we all have 3DSs. And we're all Pokemaning, and we're all street passing, and we're doing all that shit. Yep. I'm commuting hours a day. I start working at a, a dev publisher working on 3DS games. We all play our, our game every day at lunch. I travel the country showing people how to play 3DS games, helping push this 3ds game it was this in the midst of all the stuff i'm playing on like pc and 360 i played so much 3ds so much 3ds it was such a dependable little system with with no fucking gunk on its screen just like uh outside the launch one like they were so well built and oh i went to japan twice and jesus christ like so many features worked there that didn't work in america at all it was amazing is amazing. So I, I, I am hyper. You mean, you mean didn't work or like literally you understood like, oh, that's why this is here because so many yes. more people use yes. it, right? Like, like it was like there was yeah. there was one day on, on the morning of the business train where it was like 100% of people are playing 3DS outside of the 101 guy playing a P, a PS Vita. It was it was like that severe. There were, there were like no Vitas anywhere, but everyone had a 3DS and like. 3DSs were kind of uh, after the price drop. They were 160, 160 bucks uh, after the initial launch. And I, you know, I read in Japan, people would buy new 3DS. Oh, it's got a thing I like on it. Who cares? Like, uh, this is a cheap system. There's no, there's no uh, uh, power sort. Like, I have four. I don't care. Like, I need this to accessorize with my handbag hmm. uh, or, or my shoes. And, and like, <laughs> yeah, fair point. 3DS is, I just, I love this little system so much, and I'm, I miss, I miss the clamp, not necessarily in the phone, but I miss the clamshell format in the um, portable system. I love the snapping 3DS. Such a satisfying little system. Yeah. Yeah. And people sometimes, I think, when they announced the shutdown of these shops, they were, people were like, well, I don't get it. Just leave it running forever. And and it's, I think. It costs money, man. Really. That's the thing is what it really tells you is like that's how little money they're making per day like yep. the server cost and probably the cost of like assigning a human being to monitor those servers was more than it was making on a yep. per day basis. Like a yeah. couple people's salary was more than the 3DS was making but, every year. But here's the thing that annoyed me. So I for the longest time uh, I thought that you could not actually add funds to the Wii U or 3DS eShops anymore. Turns out that you have to do it through a switch, but then you can, as long as you like, add $50 to the eShop, now you can open one of your other consoles and spend that money. Uh, and 
like going through and like trying to last minute like okay these are the games i missed people are calling these out as like must buys i'm going to get as many of them as i can until i run out of space on my measly 32 gigabyte sd what? card oh i put a 256 gigger in there immediately i was just i was like an old man on a vast yeah. amount of real estate in a rocking chair like i'll never yeah. fill this land but here's the thing like so many games were still priced like 50 and 60 dollars like yeah there, yeah. you are about to go from possibility of making any money to no money ever on these games. Have a fucking fire sale. The world's ending, man. I, I still think there, there was a way for that system to continue, even if development didn't. There's plenty of stock. It's a cheap thing to produce. Didn't necessarily need to be online, or those prices need needed to be a little more rational, because they never really were at the beginning. Hmm. There was almost no new game under 20 bucks. And uh, but I, I still love that little system. I really do. And it has like the biggest virtual console library and all these the eShop has all these things. Uh, and it wasn't the the level of shovel. I don't like Nintendo's practices with 3DS, because remember there was that news story like if you're business headquarters is a home address you can't publish on our platform mm. compared to the switch which is a fucking garbage dump <laughs> asset rip 99 cent just pile of horse shit it sucks something in the middle of that would have been great and i was like yeah be be this little portable system that people buy their kids instead of a 700 iphone you have like a 80 dollar thing with a huge fucking game library i mean it was it. that for a while and people stopped it buying it it's it's not like nintendo was like well demand is still going strong but uh we decided to just be mean and pull the plug on it like no the consumer has lost interest they moved on to other stuff i i suppose i suppose i still think it had a it, it had a, it had a future perhaps somewhere but i guess you can't really do that without pumping money into it, mm -hmm. putting people behind like, it. Like, for me, I, I ran and bought all these games because, like, I'm a hoarder, and I have, like, a real aversion to the idea of, like, I will never be able to play this if I don't get it now. Uh, I'm, I'm probably never going to play these games on my 3DS. I'm probably never going to touch these systems again. Not me. Part, of, part of loving podcasting is, like, um, if you can remember being a little kid and telling someone about a movie you've seen that they haven't, like that's that's how 3ds eShop games will have to live in the zeitgeist from here on out, except yep. for piracy. Mm -hmm. But who's gonna build in the 3D tap screen functionality? I just don't. Uh, a lot of it use the accelerometer. Like I just don't get it. I don't know who's gonna put the work into that because it's not gonna see. You're gonna see exactly how Nintendo came up with this. The business proposition to shut it down. There's not I mean, a lot of people. They'll do it. It'll this. it'll be super expensive, right? There'll be some some emulation thing or what's that thing that um has like the different chipsets you swap in to support the, the different platforms. The Mister, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, we'll have some 3DS. I I would never encourage people to find out how to hack their 3DS uh, ever. I would. I wish Michael. I had the information Michael had. <laughs> Uh, and that that I didn't even think of that until somebody mentioned it in the last couple of days that oh yeah they're not going to be supporting like firmware cracks. I, I have many of these, so why not? Why the fuck not? And there there are ROM dumps of some, so they're not totally gone. It's just that they are sort of best enjoyed on this system. Yeah, yeah, and and we we are too late to the party to do a list of like top five. Games you need to get on 3DS eShop before it's gone, because it's gone. But so we decided to do the top five best games you should have gotten 
I mean, and I, I got overruled. Now trapped on 3DS. I got yeah. overruled, but I was just like, I wanted to give a massive shout out to Street Pass. I thought that was a major, majorly cool feature of that system and those Street Pass Plaza series of games. It's very confusing. In Street Pass Plaza, there was a game called Find Me, and then you could buy more games through the Street Pass Plaza mm-hmm. uh, as DLC in packs, and they were amazing. And they definitely have, no matter what anybody builds, you cannot make a PC emulator that's going to tag people as I walk by them in the train station. That's probably true. It's never going to work like that. And it works so well in Japan and California and almost nowhere else. Well, didn't you say they'd shut it down in like 2018? They shut it down in 2018. So like five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they shut it. They, they shut it down a while ago. But it, it, it is one of my favorite 3DS experiences, and it's the it's the thing I'm most nostalgic about for that system because there were many first party games with Street Pass features you may not have known about. Because yeah, I think a bunch of us were doing Street Pass Plaza, but I think I talked about I was playing New Super Mario Brothers two, and when I got on a Japanese train, I all of a sudden had like 18 challenges every 45 seconds set by people on that train. That I had to beat. Otherwise, it was just me and Brett going back and forth. It was it was so fun. It was such a cool feature that didn't really I, have purpose in America. I, I know that some were fake in like PR accounts, but like so I, I've you know been around this industry a while. Before that, I was in the movie industry, so I've I've met lots of you know VIPs, right, important people and stuff. Mm. And and I tip I tend not to geek out too much but to this day one of my coolest like fanboy moments was like getting ready. street pass by by names i recognize from nintendo because yeah. i i would secretly sneak my 3ds into e3 just to street pass with with people and it's like nintendo was always really good about like yeah you're gonna get street pass by like that whole crew you, you, awesome. you say that like it was contraband there was nobody standing at the door going no no, 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 no. 3ds's in e3 no, it was for the me, only it was sneaking it in though because like, as a business guy like what do you, what do you do with the 3ds it here, was guy? the You're only meetings only way to get that brown shirt which you needed people of different colored shirts and find me and right. reggie had the brown mm-hmm. shirt they were aiming to misbehave. Oh, wait, that's brown. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into top five eShop games you should have grabbed. All right, games, <laughs> games trapped on 3DS. Games you should however, emulate. Yeah, however you want to think about this. Let's go. Number five. Rock Lobster. <laughs> Still makes me happy. That is a dog and a cat in little planes playing badminton in midair in which game? Rhythm Heaven. Yeah, Take me to Rhythm Heaven. Right Rhythm there. Heaven Mega Mix, and mm. this is number five on the list because this is largely a collection of existing mini games. I think something like nineteen or possibly thirty games were new to this version and they're like 60 70 uh, sources seem to differ uh, existing games already it's also one of those games that like i remembered playing it a little and then opened it up and was like hold on i finished this i've unlocked (laughs) everything and i have silver or gold in every mini game what the fuck when when you're as graceful a swan as michael rapara's rhythm games offer no challenge whatsoever yeah yeah i guess yeah Uh, but this also i mean this did have 
some new cool stuff. Uh, like, so Rhythm Heaven has these... If you've never played a Rhythm Heaven game, uh, they are like WarioWare-style micro-games, except that everything is driven by music. And yeah. the, the, the shit that they do is just really <laughs> bizarre to watch and think about. Like, how does something like this develop? This is like... A random idea you have in the shower and then you step out and you make it into a <laughs> mini game. Like, here's a bunch of uh, long-legged birds stomping around and making little chattering sounds. And it's a rhythm mini game. Glow sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like uh, th that's that's WarioWare probably does, is the pioneer of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think when when uh, Matt, Michael and I were little kids, you'd, you'd read about this, you know, kind of batshit stuff that never came out in America. But like, this looks so cool and weird. That, like, that, I was going to ask you, Michael, there's got to be a word for this. Like, I hate to say this, but a lot of a lot of my association with games like this or WarioWare is like, What's is there a word for like the weird Japanese culture stuff, like the weird games mm. out of Japan that were like stuff like this that you're like, they would never think of this in America, and for some yeah. reason games like this came out of Japan, but it's it's like a, it's just like has something to do with their sense of humor over there. It's just like this playfulness, this lightheartedness that like, yeah. I I always appreciated, and to me yeah. it's like yeah, one of the reasons I love games like Katamari Damacy or something like there's this yeah, yeah just un this uncontextualized weirdness, you know? weirdness and, and like yeah, that that yeah. creates a, a wonderful motif and makes games incredibly memorable. And, and WarioWare did that, but Rhythm Heaven really let it fucking fly. Yeah, and, and I, I, yeah. we were still getting like remember Captain Rainbow? That was like a game that never came out yeah. here. And, and, and on GameCube that and, had like and, Birdo and a bunch of other Nintendo characters. Yeah, and this is this was kind of a game like. If you would have shown this to me, well, that'll never make it over to America, and it did, and it rules. Mm -hmm. uh, but but like, it's so strange because Nintendo's portables, once they added the uh, stylus functionality, a lot of the shovelware became tap-based rhythm stuff. Mm -hmm. And but Nintendo always did it wilder. And this is Rhythm yeah. Heaven is kind of letting the freak flag fly. Oh, like absolutely. you just want a wrestling yeah. match, give a speech to a song. And not even you gave a speech, just grunt into a microphone and everybody go like, oh. I think overall I still prefer Elite Beat Agents, but man, I, I think all mm. of these are amazing. And I think one of the reasons I did nominate this, and yes, Euros, we know you had a disc version of this, so it's not just eShop. Yeah. Or cartridge, but yes. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, is to me, I'm like, it feels like this series the franchise is dormant it sort of died with the 3ds like there's no one talking about the next rhythm heaven you know at least as far as i know which yeah well just just the fact that shame. it didn't get a u.s retail release is a little bit telling like that they which decided is, to go all digital with this one weird because when i was living in san yeah. francisco you go into the japantown arcade like this had an arcade version i'm not surprised that was pretty popular I bet uh, it was. And, uh, well pretty pop because of how easily playable and silly it was like it was mm -hmm. just amazing to, to witness 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have a story sort of related to that. So this tells you how big rhythm games can still be. Um, one of my kids was in an arcade recently, and they wanted to play um, uh, a rhythm game. Uh, and there were two boys playing the game who would not get off the system. Mm. And my kid was like, they had gloves, and they knew I was there, but they were so into it that they had gloves. And I'm just like, yeah, like some. It, it reminded me a lot of like when I was a kid going into arcades, and there were people playing. Um, like the dance games or like Dance mm -hmm. Dance Revolution that they were so good. They had equipment that they brought to the yep. arcade for, mm -hmm. for this. They have like and a, the game, by the way, was Hatsune Miku. These two teenage boys <laughs> were so obsessed with Hatsune Miku that they brought gloves to wow. the arcade. And I was just like, it's, yeah. it, I mean, that's, but that's the thing. Like, kids of all ages love this shit. Like, it, it, it's odd that there's not more of an audience for it. Because, like, I, I think there would be, would people like as polished and refined as Nintendo. I, I think in out. Japan they're still big because, like, when I was yeah. last time I was at Sega in Japan, they, you know, yeah, they're, they're like they're they're still in arcades. Like those rhythm games, like are are way more prominent than they are here. Even like what, what's the is it um, the Taiko Drum Master, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the, yes, that's like a huge series. The, the Namco there, one. Yeah, the Namco one's super mm -hmm. fun to play. You don't really see it here in arcades at all, but, but in Japan, they're, like, really big, you know? It's like, I remember I had to game. preview or review the first release for for DS. Yeah, I think DS in America. And then, like, they're trying to tell me this character is, like, pretty popular on merchandise, and it, we always considered it unreleasable in America because it's just it's a very simple concept. But then, like, the amount of time in college we spent playing Donkey Konga. Like, I, the whole oh time God. I should yes. have been at bars learning how to dance and talking to women. We were trying to figure out a way to hurry home and play Donkey Konga. <laughs> well, th this version specifically, Mega Mix. So every Rhythm Heaven game has, like, these, these remix levels where it's just like, okay, you've played a series of these micro games now it's time to mix them all together in mm. quick succession keep you on your toes but we'll do it with one unifying song and this had some original tracks that hadn't yeah. been in any previous games like this one This well, is the song this is that the will kind bring. Of shit this I is going to be the song that's myself. Gonna, yeah, as yeah, soon exactly. as I, I take the turn and, and take that dark money, this song will bring me out to CPAC. Uh, <laughs> right, like, right. Yeah, I can't wait. This this is the kind of song I will be singing to myself, walking down like a dark alley in the city, and I'll get mugged as I'm mm -hmm. singing. I'm a lady now. I'm a lady now. Like, <laughs> I think we got to mug the tiny girl. Like, yeah. What, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, and and. That that one in particular is is really cool. There's like a honeybee theme for some reason. So the karate man at the beginning is like wearing a bee hat, and so are all the other characters. And but uh, is this is this sort of the end of the franchise? Like I mean, the, I yeah. I think this is the last Rhythm Heaven yeah. game that has come yeah. out, and it has been a while. It didn't it didn't count. Uh, NES Remix is also something I love. That was oh um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's, I think, it, but I think it was only on the eShop, and the 3DS got like a mass-released physical version of both of those with new stuff. Uh, so there's a compilation out there of an mm -hmm. NES remix, but like a bunch of weird 
chances on 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 micro gaming when Nintendo was feeling the heat from uh, mobile. Like, I think probably the, the hottest heat from mobile. Like, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fine. No, so, I mean that's Mega mobile Mix. is one of the reasons 3DS died, right? Is like because parents just bought yeah. iPhones for their kids, and, and, then... and Switch was the other reason. But uh, so yeah, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix came out in 2016. Was the last of that series, so it has been wow. about seven years since wow. since we've had a new Rhythm Heaven. There should be more. The arcade one there always draws a crowd, man. It always drew a crowd, and it was like a lot of stuff that you could play in your 3DS right now, mm-hmm. and some new and some new stuff. But like it was, it, yeah, it was always charming and fun. Like, I love this. Series. Yeah, I also love uh, the Cheer Readers mini games. So I'm going to play a clip from that now too. Let's go read a bunch of books. <laughs> the the sixth best selling game in Japan in two thousand eight. Wow! Wow! Rhythm wow. Damn! Yeah, leave it to Nintendo. Just like, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> make another one, Nintendo. Just do it. In the meantime, let's move along to number four. Uh, this is one I don't know if you guys have played. Uh, no. Level five. Made a bunch oh, of interesting yeah. little games for 3DS that you could get through the, the eShop. One of them we talked about a while ago, games where you play as a merchant. It's called uh, Weapon Shop de Omase. That's mm. not what this is. This is Attack of the Friday Monsters, yes. a Tokyo Tale. Right. Yeah. And this is charming. This is a mm. cozy game before we had the cozy game genre, before we had the label for that genre. It's all about you're a 10-year-old boy... In Japan, in a, in a little suburb of Tokyo in 1971, it's kind of rural, and uh, the, what makes your town special is every Friday monsters appear and attack. <laughs> Coincidentally, this is the same time that a TV show uh, airs that is also shot in your town about monsters attacking and being fought off by giant superheroes. And so the the game kind of has a weird magical realism approach where the the kids seem to think that the monsters are real and there may be aliens monitoring the town, but it's never entirely clear, like, is this a giant hoax perpetrated by the entire town? Is this really happening? Is this just the kids getting a TV show mixed up with reality? This is uh, Dr. Manhattan every Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah, in this field outside of town with these cliffs around it, like, giant monsters will appear and giant superheroes will appear and fight them. And so for most of the game, uh, this, you're you're not seeing the promised attacking Friday monsters, but I promise you they, they are in the game. You don't actually personally fight the monsters. They That happens big, looming in the background. Your bonus points for using the 3D effect. The mainstay of the action here is you're just going around town, talking to people, and fighting these things called glims that let you acquire cards. And every kid in town, of which there are like five or six, plays this 
card, this collectible card game where it's it's just like uh, pictures of monsters from TV and movies, whatever, all, all fictional, made up for the game. And the game itself is very simple. You just lay down five cards, each of you, you and your opponent, and then the game tells you like, oh, some of these win, some of them lost. Would you like a hint? And like, really, it's just like, did you? Is, is the value on your card higher than the value on your opponent's card? And and you can swap them around. And it's very simple and surprisingly addictive. And it uh, sounds like this. So it's very pleasant and very laid back and uh, winning the card game lets you, the, the, the main rule of the card game is if you lose, you become the winner's servant. And what that means is that every time they recite a magic spell, you have to fall over. And the magic spell was the sound that brought us in to wit. You'll hear that a lot. And the whole game is narrated. It even has its own theme song. It's all about like in a little town outside of Tokyo called Setagaya. I'm 10 years old and I, it's 1971 and I'm so excited I, about I, life. This is another one of those games. So like, like I was talking about with Rhythm Heaven, like there's just something about like only in Japan could a game like this be made. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like that's frowned upon nowadays. It's almost like, oh, you, you shouldn't be into a thing just because it's coming out of Japan or whatever. But it's like... It, it's it is this weird like thing where it's just like yeah I, I like this game because it's it's unlike anything i would normally get in yeah. america you know what i mean but i feel like that's frowned upon now but for me i'm just like no that's what made those things interesting is they were they were completely new and experimental feeling almost but yeah like there, there, actually i was a, looking this up go ahead a, a go more ahead. a larger inclination to treat game designers like artists like I don't know what this is, and there's I have no data that lets me to believe this will sell, but you can try it. And I think the more interesting thing, uh, two things. One, I think this is the type of game the 3DS failed at. Like, uh, it's not based on an IP. It wasn't promoted very well, but it got, like, huge buzz among my, yeah. you know, my, my community. And two, like... Um, I don't know what the adoption rate was on the eShop in Japan. It was all, like, I know the, I had a Japanese uh, 3DS, and the uh, uh, virtual console releases were months, months ahead, and way more robust. Uh, way, way more games released on the uh, virtual consoles in Japan. But, yeah, this, this game was released as part of a physical release of three weird games from in Japan, yeah. Yeah, right. because it's like there's not another way to sell it because they don't there wasn't really yet that market on the 3DS. Like we have a cheap, small, short game that that, so, so, that you should play. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna bring up. So level five, because I was asking Michael during a break, I'm like, 
What was it with level 5 and 3DS? Because they did a series of these, and I looked it up. It was they, These were called, like, the Guild series of games were yeah. these... It was very... It was like a, a an experiment they were doing of just, like, these short... Uh, inexpensive experimental games, uh, games like but like auteurs. Like auteurs were attracting yeah. game players to this, and this is level. The KG and Fune had one on this compilation. Because like level five did big games on 3ds, right? They did Yokai Watch, they did the Professor Layton stuff, which were like you know, uh, big big productions. But then they had these little experimental games, which is some of the most interesting stuff they were doing. I think that where I was going, though, is it might be tied into, remember the recent backlash about, like, what's a JRPG and mm. why it, it, it's like, oh, now you're othering these games from Japan, like saying, oh, you know, they're, they're just defined by being from Japan. I guess maybe I, I might be getting it confused with that, but I, I almost feel like is it frowned upon? I think it's, like it's fair to say that uh, uh, society is an incubator for ideas and pop culture. And so... Yeah, Japan, their their society is a bit different from ours, so the the cultural products that come out of that are going to have a different vibe. And this and, this game is rooted in being a kid in Japan in the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, like this it, is it, very it, very yeah. Japanese. Yeah, like, yeah and, and, but but being obsessed with kaiju stuff, which mm-hmm. like in the 80s, I grew up being obsessed with the same thing. So uh, yeah, go yeah. corn job. <laughs> Corn job will be blamed. Yeah, that's an MST3K reference. It really is, yeah. but there's really a character named Corn Job, and it sounds disgusting. Well, it's, they call him Konchan, and right. they they don't translate this in the the English dub for one of the Gamera movies. Is it Gamera versus Giron? I think. It, yeah, yes, but like in the most recent season, which most people haven't seen, they did Gamera versus Geiger, and Corn Job is back. Oh man. Yeah. Corn, corn job. job returns. It's even more exciting than it being a new Gamera movie. More corn job. <laughs> quick, <laughs> Delicious. Quick non sequitur, or, or, or at least it's very tenuously related to what you guys are talking about. Recently, when I was in Japan, they have corn flavored candy. Yeah. Which at first you're like that. That's that sounds ridiculous. So do it's we. Delicious. We just don't know it's, it. They call it chocolate yeah. here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> you know, all our sweetener is corn syrup. No, but there. But theirs is like, yeah. It, it's just corn. Corn flavored candy. I'm like, oh, this is just corn syrup flavored, which is delicious. It's amazing. Yeah. The best. The over. best Japanese treat. Not the best one, but one of the ones I was never able to find again. Uh, it was a pack of Doritos, and it was small, and I couldn't. They did, I couldn't read it and didn't have the English. I found a bigger bag, and like, what was that? It was delicious. It was Doritos, butter. Yeah. Butter Doritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, they were good. They Butter also have Doritos. flavored candies over yeah. there, just like the taste of wheat being a flavor of sweet. <laughs> sure. Butter Doritos. Yeah. Mm, I'll take those over candy. green delicious. Green tea, ginseng, um, Kit Kats. Oh, but, my God. So I have to real quickly tell another Japanese snack story. And I'm sorry, Michael, but this is – you'll laugh. And people will laugh at my expense. We had some guests recently who brought snacks from Japan. And I was eating – you see these in America. It's those little – you know, rice cracker like mixes, right? With the various mm-hmm. types of mm-hmm. rice crackers. Sometimes they're wasabi flavored. I was eating them, and on the back of the pack is a picture of two fish. I'm like, yeah, this does kind of taste fishy. There's probably seaweed in here. Like, cool, man, I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. Gross. Um, until I went to pour it out in my hand, and two dried out sardines fell in go. my hand <laughs> with the rest of the mix, and I proceeded in the office to scream and throw my hand in the air, throwing my, the, the, the snacks everywhere, including the two dried fish, which you're, landed on my desk and stared me in the eye. Your delicious dead fish. I mean, yeah. the dead animals just, in your package. Just being Italian, I thought, is that like a... 
is this like a sleep of the fishes thing? Am I being threatened? <laughs> like with this dead fish in my food? No, I would have assumed that the fish are the ones that made the snacks. Okay. See. And they'll put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, just uh, have a laugh at my expense, listeners. So yeah, I, I threw my fish snack in the air um, and and screamed. Hmm. That was fun. Congratulations. And had to clean had to clean it up in the office. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and I don't sound mean to sound like an ugly American about everything by saying like. Japanese things are fun, but it, it's sort of a culture where, like, the things we like, mm-hmm. the things I like personally, never died and were always yeah. popular. Well, Japanese fun things are interesting. It's not just that yeah. Japanese things are fun. It's that, no, the things that they make to be fun are fun. Yeah, they're genuinely designed <laughs> they're to be fun. They're really and interesting. Compelling. And different yeah. uh, from what we got a lot of the time. From, from, we had 10 years of bald space marines. It was so mm-hmm. boring. A lot of mm-hmm. our fun stuff comes from Japan's fun yeah. stuff. Yeah, sure. The whole reason I, I we have this used... show is because we were raised on Japanese video games. I, I never use the term weeaboo as a derogatory term. It's like, I get it. Yeah, I get why you like Japanese. Cool. That's cool. Hmm. Yeah, uh, but anyway, Attack of the Friday Monsters is a lovely game. Uh, I'd say y'all should get it, but you can't. But if you have it and you haven't played it, please give it a shot. It's really good. Um, anyway, let's move along to... Number three... Speaking of charming games, this is a puzzle platformer that was one of the early, like, big eShop games. Yeah, Trilogy. Mm -hmm. So this is is Pushmo that we're hearing. And Pushmo got a a few sequels. It got Crashmo, Mm -hmm. which introduced physics, and Stretchmo, which introduced stretchy blocks. But uh, Pushmo, the original, is a very simple game where you're like, here is a... A, a block sculpture called a pushmo, and it looks like a bunch of Tetris pieces just fell on top of each other. And you, as Mellow, a little red sumo-looking guy, have to go up and <laughs> grab and pull and push uh, the individual blocks, and they all like stretch out to like, you know, they're they're all like roughly three blocks deep, I think. And uh, so you're creating, moving these roll. things around to create platforms that you then jump up on why are you jumping up there because an old man is telling you to get up to the top where a little kid is trapped oh no (laughs) oh so cute this is one of those cases by the way the name he he looked like a small fat kid doing kirby face (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) kind of so this was pushmo in america Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where i'm like why did why did we localize the name? So it's called Pullbox Elsewhere. What the fuck? You, you blocks, the fall blocks, and stretch blocks. I think. And stretch, uh, full no, full, pull box, fall blocks, and full blocks. Full the, blocks. The, the, so now that yeah, one makes no sense. Names. Yeah. But it's it's just like okay, yeah. So but instead we had pushmo, stretch, crashmo, and stretchmo. Yeah. But uh, the only yeah, thing is, yeah. I th- I think maybe. Pushmo comes from like sumo because that's that's mm-hmm. what the main character looks like. But then uh, okay. the the obstacles themselves, the puzzles are called pushmos. So I don't know. I don't. It's a silly. This, name, this was a, a game. <clears throat> I was dating someone who never played games, never had any interest in games, 
and I got a I got a new 3DS XL, and I had the old 3DS. And like, well, why don't you try this? Like, I can get you some games on here, and zero interest. Like, no interest except for this, and it was mm-hmm. major, major for a long time. Like, all she could play was Pushmo. It it should have been like the Tetris for. Nintendo's handheld, yeah, a first party version of that, and and but, again, yeah. great use of 3D effects. Because, exactly, yeah, yeah. like so you it, see it's the tap and 3D effects, like the depth it, of it, it more clearly. It's really, I think it'd be really difficult to translate the intuitiveness of the experience to a diff- different system. And if I've never said it, like I, one of my 3DSs is a r- ultra rare one, especially now with a video out. Ooh, I have a 3DS with a video out. Rare. And it looks like dog shit. It, it looks <laughs> fucking terrible. And, and like, what you if we if we haven't if you haven't heard that a billion times, like the 3ds's technology was, we are producing two separate images that your eyes are combining to create this 3D illusion. That's where the process power is going, displaying two things at once. So we're going to sacrifice a bunch of stuff, and uh, so we you have to you have to sacrifice a lot of resolution and sometimes frame rate. And, and and Pushmo kind of delighted in that. When the 3D was on, it felt like you could see the game better, or you could you could realize the game a little better. It, uh, like yeah. I, I don't even know if that's a compliment anymore, but it, it's one of those few games where that worked better with the 3D on. There's a reason every 3DS trailer had to be presented within a border and at a certain resolution. If you mm. go back and look at official 3DS trailers, Nintendo wouldn't let them be full screen because it's it didn't look good in an hd era but they were still great games they they were yeah pushmo was just a huge amount of fun uh yeah yeah just very simple accessible platforming and uh as you as you advanced through the the various stages and got to bigger and more interesting pushmos uh they added little features like for instance some of them had manholes that you had to position so that you could climb in one and out the other very simple but uh and you could you could design your own and submit them online and people other people could download them and test out your pushmos for themselves or your 3DS boxes. was such a great it was a great platform for puzzlers in addition to the professor professor Layton stuff I you mm-hmm. know loved on that platform uh I have to give a shout out to 3D Picross which didn't make the list cuz like you could still play Picross games elsewhere but like that version was cool like really did take advantage of the 3D and another one that made it to the switch but like box boy i think started on oh yeah yes, box boy, boy was fantastic series. yeah yeah it's yeah. the only uh e-shop game i think with an amiibo that we can talk like a oh, disappeared wow. e-shop game with an amiibo it's very expensive uh, yeah. you find it online so and and yeah as long as we're talking about the 3d i was just reminded that like 3ds is such a ubiquitous thing now that it's easy to forget like what a long weird road it was for the 3d yeah. to become acceptable like remember the the first generation ones it was really easy if you weren't staring at it at it like an exact head-on yeah. angle. It was yeah, really yeah. like the the 3D would just go blurry or not work right. Eventually, later models started adding like head tracking and eye tracking. Way later so, models, yeah, yeah. So it's like well, the, it was the new 3DS, was it the the new the new, new 3DS, 3DS, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is the actual proper name of what that system mm-hmm. was. Which, so right, which I never got. And like, yeah, my interaction always with most of these games, unless like something like Pushmo that sort of required the 3D to be turned on is 
I would boot up any game with the 3D for about five minutes. Yep. And then once my off. once my brain sort of got used to the 3D, which happens, right? That even happens in 3D movies. It's like, all right, I'm going to turn it off because, as Michael mentioned, or Chris was saying, it's it requires extra processing power to power mm-hmm. that 3D. And some games actually are just like, I'm going to turn it off. It, it And I think it saved battery life even, yep. right? When we you, you, we weren't supposed and... to promote it, but like if you went into the menu on Monster Hunter, uh, what was it, 3 Ultimate? and turned off 3D, you got 60 frames a second. <laughs> and it was just like... Yeah, same with Street you, Fighter 4. Yeah, and but the option was there, but we weren't allowed to talk about it because it was like yeah. sacrificing Nintendo's biggest feature in order to get higher performance out of it. But like... Yeah, I get it. because like so you, of its time. That the, th- the, the obsession with 3D lasted all of what three years no 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 like i remember but, going to ces's where that was the big thing was 3d televisions right and it's like yes michael you had one well i mean <laughs> it was it was less about consumers weren't really that enthralled with it it was really more something that like the industry was pushing on people like look we got hd we need something else to Here's move new next, tvs right? like yeah 3d is what's next and people are like yeah no this kind of sucks i don't like this well, turns th- th- out hold people on, don't like wearing glasses when they watch tv exactly at home. Like, 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 i i remember like i'm very rarely asked to be on podcasts because i'm not very good at this um oh, but i was one of the few people to like you know i played the 3ds very early and I remember I got calls from people in other parts of the country who weren't at in L- the L.A. Convention Center. Because, remember, like, the promise of every sci-fi movie and any tech nerd was glasses 3D. And Nintendo pulled it off almost out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we don't, trick, we still, still don't, don't care. <laughs> we, <laughs> no, like, it has not no. been replicated. And mm-hmm. it's, it's now officially done. But I still think that's amazing because, like, that was one of those things like, well, I mean, you can do that, but you're going to have to put me in the exact same spot. And like, well, that's what the original 3DS did. Or you could track my head. That's what the new 3DS did. And yeah, your TV could technically do that, too. It, It wouldn't be that hard. In, in a profit, like your PS, your PSVR one needs a lit room to work. But I because think it's... I think the reason we don't care is like it's a gimmick you for the most part like and and after a while like look I I, I liked Avatar one didn't see mm-hmm. the second one but like after the first ten minutes I forgot I was watching a 3D movie because your brain is trained to get used to shit like that, I you know I didn't I mean? have that so... with Avatar two and there were certain uh situations and this is a a VGA sidebar uh. One of my favorite, like I was playing, uh, my least favorite Mario and Luigi game is Dream Team for the 3DS. But turning the 3D game on, uh, 3D on on that was fucking thrilling. It was awesome. It was, it, it, and then I, I bought a ton of 3D enhanced games in the eShop from Sonic to Streets of Rage to Twin Bee to Excite Bike, even Urban Motherfucking Champion. Because wow. it was like, you know, I'm not like, I don't need every game on every platform, but like, oh, a new reason to check this out for, you know, six bucks. Okay, uh, cool. And I did. And I, I, I thought 2D games, like remastering games, like it was really cool. And it, and it made me replay all these old games. And that's that's my asterisk for this list. Like all those 3D, Out, OutRun 3D was so much fun. I love OutRun so much. And uh, yeah. I, I miss it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like a lot of these entries so far have been like introduce game tension tension tension. You should play game, uh, but yeah, it's push, the, it's, the, it's not the really a whole lot to see about push. It's mode. the end of my favorite system, yeah, Michael. Yeah, I know this is true. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, yeah. In the end, we don't have a whole lot to say about Pushmo, other than that, like, yes, it is really good. No, it I, was really I, charming. I, it's a super creative concept that I'm surprised has not been copied. It's when we yeah. talk about Nintendo failures, like they did the right thing here. They were pushing the eShop, and they put a fucking triple. This is a triple A killer app for the Hell eShop. Yeah. It, it was amazing, and I mean, there's. I I I I don't I don't even know how to phrase this, but like a lot of people didn't trust online purchases on a Nintendo platform, and they had every right to be wary of that. And I was making games on that, and people didn't want to buy digitally, especially on a platform that they didn't know if Nintendo would support for as long as they did, or longer yeah. than two years. And and I, yeah, and and I thought I thought Pushmo Pushmo for like the cycle of the first game. You could see the Pushmo character as kind of like the figurehead. And I think once they started changing the name, that went out the window, and I wish they hadn't. I mean, even just kept it as like Pushmo 2 colon crash. Like, that would have been a better idea. Mm -hmm. Because, like, this game was so fucking good and really sold the idea like, oh, yeah, I can't do this on my iPhone. I can't do this on my 360. Uh, Yeah, and this costs less than games on both? Gimme. Mm-hmm. Gimme! You could do it on Wii U, but eh, if you want to. No, but I, I swear <laughs> that the, the 3D was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are certain areas in Mario 3D Land, one of my favorite 3DS games, uh, where the platforming is so severe. Like you need the 3D on because uh, the resolution's so poor; <laughs> it's hard to gauge distance unless that 3D is on. This is true. Mm-hmm. And 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 this was one of those games. I think that this this might be my favorite of all of them. Because uh, I do, I do wish more games like this. Obviously, uses the touch pad quite a bit, right? But like no. we always forget, almost the switch, the switch to switch has a touch pad. It, can do, it has a stylus. No one uses. It, yeah. Well, it's but it's a it's a capacitive, I think, touch pad. But it, like no game uses it, and I'm like, why not? Like I get it, I get it that you're touching the same screen you're using because everything's one screen, right? And and the beauty of the 3ds and DS was, you know, you touch the bottom screen and for mm. stuff to happen sometimes I mean, on the top, but like. I feel like more people should be using that feature, just it's, like they don't really use the HD Rumble that often. Like, yeah, that was it's, like a it's, big it's, selling point. It's not my prediction, but it's like I don't give a fuck about a Nintendo Switch with an OLED screen. Mm. If they told me, "Here's a new Switch, it can work. <laughs> uh, it can also stream to the docking station, and you can have two screens, and you can play Wii U games and 3DS games and DS games." Be like, yeah, that one I'll get. I will totally get that one. Yeah, that could uh, be cool. And there's so many games being dumped on the fucking Switch anyway. Why why not take advantage of that, especially with like this drought and the nostalgia at least being created for me because of the, th- the death of 3DS? Because if I didn't, I didn't say that yet. It's so like whenever I would Google the, the names of these games, I don't know if you guys did it on your mobile or your desktop, Nintendo clearly bought the SEO. To make their product, the Nintendo.com product page, the first link for Pushmo. It now goes to a support page to tell you <laughs> no yep. pictures, no description yep. of the game, just to tell you this game's gone for. Here's and, why these games are gone forever. Any official pages for Nintendo are eShop all gone. games are gone. Yeah. 
It's which you know that sort of makes sense. You know why continue to promote this thing that people can't buy? No, it's it's more of a it's more of a thing like, man, Google's useless. <laughs> increasingly, <laughs> yes, absolutely useless. Yes. It's becoming increasingly useless. Mm-hmm. But that that part depresses me. Sorry, Pushmo yeah. is Pushmo. I think is one of the best eShop exclusive games there ever was. Yeah, it, it's the best. Mm-hmm. Well, too bad because this is our number two. <laughs> Describe to me why, like, my brain now, what genre of music was that? Japanese. <laughs> that, that is not music that would appear in any it's, Western product. It's sort of up, upbeat jazz. I don't know. Um, it's, yeah, it's something yeah, you might yeah, you might yeah. see in the 70s, like introducing mm-hmm. fucking Dick Cavett's guest. Yeah, and, so <laughs> do you guys have any guesses what this is? No. Is, is oh, this oh, Rusty's real deal? No. Because I thought, no. I, heard a, I, thought I heard a baseball. No, this is, this is a combination Pocket. of... Several of everyone's favorite things: horse racing, solitaire. Oh my gosh! This oh, this pocket card jockey. One yeah. of my favorite pocket games card ever. jockey. Oh. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. You take two of these fundamental these th- things that sound fundamentally boring to a gamer brain, and you combine them, and it's amazing. Yes, oh, yeah. Pocket was, card it... jockey is a game about take getting a horse and taking it through races to try and turn it into a champion before it gets too old. And, and, <laughs> that's, and well, yeah, that's what I remember there was, there was, hating about it. Your horse would get too old game. to be good yeah. and you have yeah. to like throw away your horse. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, you, or you breed, you breed it, you create the next generation that takes after your, it's like a roguelike in that regard, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, Oh, your runs over. You got to, got to start with a new generation. It's a, it's a, it's solitaire. It's the actual gameplay, yeah. but it's like speed solitaire during horse racing. There's nothing like it, and, and yes, and it's we know... created by Game Freak, the Pokemon people. The Pokemon and that's people. And that's it's the been absolute... ported elsewhere, but never as good yeah. as the 3DS. The, the absolute batch because Game Freak, I think, is owned by Nintendo. Are they not? I'm not sure. No, they. Are. Well, oh, wait, maybe they're not. Hmm. Um, I, if if not, Nintendo's like a majority shareholder. because yeah. they did yeah, make but, Tembo the Badass Elephant, which came. Out I know, but that, this was that period. There was like a three year period where they kept putting out non Pokemon games, which they'd never done before. And and Tembo the Badass Elephant, which I would call it, was like the Nickelodeon bumper game. Game. It all. They all look like the nick 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 hmm. wide eyed uh, characters in uh, Harmonite. Was that another one for 3DS? Did they make? Did Game Freak make that? I thought that was yes. Five uh, for some reason. This is one of those situations where Wikipars won't trust me. He's googling it and he's going to yeah. find it. I'm right and to keep all this yep, in. You're right, Game Freak. Yes, <laughs> got it. Got yeah. him. Yes, <laughs> and <on>. tasted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that I'm. I don't know when I'm right. It's just the lack of trust when I know I'm right. That I'm telling you, Michael, it, I'm correct. It's, it has nothing to do with trusting you. That just sounded wrong in my head. Like because I, I, because I wanted the game. I'm like, oh shit, a game from the Pokemon people and 3ds eShop only seventeen ninety nine. Get the fuck wow. out of here. But yeah, that that fuck? popped up on a lot of recommend lists also, and it's that's a fun like rhythm based uh, endless. Not endless runner, but it's a runner style game. It's you know, it, but like, this 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 I got a lot more mileage out of, and it was like six bucks. 
Uh, it was it was comparatively much cheaper. A lot of people have called this one of the greatest 3DS games ever. It, it really is, and and yeah, like like you said, Matt. This is, technically, it's not trap because there's the iOS remake right on, but it's not quite the same, and and it it doesn't have quite the same easy charm as this one, where it's yeah, it's a 2D game, and you're playing a very simple game of solitaire, where it, it's just like pick any card. Now uh, the next card has to be one above or one below that, and uh, that's it. That's all you're doing. You're just one or one above or one below. Uh, super simple, and uh, you you will have to play like I think four hands of solitaire during a race, and uh, it's just like each each turn is a new turn, and and then uh, between hands, uh, that that translates into like. You know, fuel points for your horse. I forget what it is exactly. And then you use the stylus to, to like, chart a path through the track. It's like, okay, I want my horse to go this way and stay within this zone. And I'm going to try to have him collect different uh, power-up cards as he goes. And that bit sounds like this. And you can... Rub your collected uh, energy points to, to give your horse a little boost right there, or you can save them all till the end for one final burst, which you will need during, like, the, the final stretch is not solitary. It is just, like, a side view of all the horses running, and you have to, like, uh, change its direction and hit a go button to spur it on. Super exciting. It is It is crazy exciting and, and engaging as far as gameplay goes this is not my term this is my friend's 15 year old he made some comment like adhd optimized have you guys seen like a, a tiktok video that's like a fucking family guy clip and but beneath it is a guy carving soap so you can mm-hmm. guarantee it will guarantee and, you're interested by showing you two things and, at and once. then there's like temple run running on yes, a mobile yes, device the, next like, to it yeah I, like I, I don't know the exact term for that. I probably sound like an old man, but like that, like what is that? What they call that? Because I keep seeing that. I really hate it. It's like a mobile game running underneath a clip from Robot Chicken. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it with like a clip from My Dinner with Andre, and it's like, well, this actually makes like the the My Dinner with Andre thing is saying this th- stuff about disposable culture. So like the the things around it take on additional context and meaning. And that That's sword beneath clever, it is actually. slicing a bunch of stuff like mm-hmm. straight in a row. Yeah, being un- Yeah, but that's that's what pocket jockeys felt like. It's hard to say a solitaire game is exciting, even though I think we did a sketch about that a long time ago, Mike. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, solitaire salesman, <laughs> solitaire salesman. Uh, but but it, uh, it is a classic game. Like honest to god, like it is. It to is. this day mm-hmm. on my iPhone, like I have, I have solitaire games loaded up because it's like yeah. It, it's always fun. It's all you know. I've been playing it since I was a kid. You know, since since Windows first had mini games, I was you know, Solitaire was there, Minesweeper and Solitaire, and like yeah, I can I can still yeah, get I, enjoyment out of it. But this 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 made it way better than any game of Solitaire I'd ever played. And it, it sent you know? this huge message as, as if you're a fan of Pokemon games. Game Freak had been in Pokemon Prison, developing Pokemon games for like a decade. All right, you can do something else. What is it? And like, 
this is all we can think about. <laughs> <laughs> the most exciting version of solitaire. Play cards played. to make a horse go fast. But it's, it in many so- ways, it's like, oh, that's why your name's Game Freak. Like, wow, you guys are fucking freaks. <laughs> yes. I love it. Do more of that. Yeah. Because uh, Tem- Tembo and Harmonite are like kind of like, there are many other things in the genre. Like, there's nothing like Pocket Night or Pocket, uh, Pocket Jockey. <laughs> yeah. It is. Like and, and I, I con, full confession, I turned up my nose at this for a long time when I had people talking about like, no, it's great, you play solitaire to make a horse go fast. Like that sounds terrible. And then I finally broke down and started playing it, and I could not stop. Like it is yeah. super addictive. It is a lot of fun. I hugely recommend it. Uh, and this is one you can kind of get on iOS, except you have to be a subscriber to Apple Arcade. Right, that's mm-hmm. what it is. It, you know what it's like. You know what at carnivals they have those horse racing games where you got to squirt the target to yep. make the horse race. It's like that, but it's not ripping you off the entire time. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like oh yeah, you make the horse go faster by doing yeah. cool shit. Uh-huh. You know? Well, yeah, by playing solitaire. Four, four games made by Game Freak in the last twenty years that aren't Pokemon. Oh, wow. oh dear lord! Wow. Um, a uh, like, quick, it, quick it, shout out to, to that Japanese jazz genre that we heard at the beginning. There is an artist that, like, I think we heard at Brett's. I was at Brett's house. And he started playing it. If you like that style of music, look up Masayoshi Takanaka. He mm-hmm. like any, anything he does is amazing and is that. It's like very much like this upbeat Japanese jazz sound. It's it's really yeah. It's, good. It's, it's it's like if there was a Macy's, you were running a double dare obstacle through. That would be the soundtrack. <laughs> and, <laughs> Sure. Our jockey is. uh, I remember I got I got sort of mad at it and threw it down just because like there's all these inhibitations to getting better, but that's part of the gameplay. Mm. Uh, Because you know you're constantly fucking your horses are becoming worthless. Yeah, it it felt like it felt like the most mobile game on 3ds. Is am I supposed to pay for this to cool down? No, no. Your horse is just gonna die. Yeah, it it does make me feel like a failure because it's like. Oh, well, it would have been really nice if your horse had won a G1 race while he was still a colt. It's like, I have no idea what that means, but it makes me so sad. I feel like I've squandered an opportunity. There's always the next generation. That's the beauty of it. You're like this immortal horse trainer owner who lasts generation upon generation of horses. Well, horses don't really live that long. I mean, they're they're in their prime that that lasts like a few years. Yes. They're racing. I, I, stud those babies for decades, man. Yeah. But at least like twenty. It's it's I, also I know f- this. I know this from uh, um, playing Wu Long and skipping cutscenes. But I need something in the background, and I put on Yellowstone. And Kevin Costner is constantly complaining about the cost of horses, which I also couldn't believe. That show. Never mind. <laughs> like you're not missing anything. That's yeah. how I, like that's this, all. I'll this say. is also one where like I open the game after years of not touching it, and like I'm kind of surprised by the names i gave things it's like oh my jockey hungus borp uh is riding his horse fire crotch in today's yes. race <laughs> he's fire racing crotch into, into victory with a yeah. <laughs> character hurley lost in um <laughs> hungus borp is my favorite member of guar <laughs> hungus borp all right anyway let's wrap this up with I'm 
know you guys know what this is. No idea. Seriously? Did I already, na- did I already name this one? You already named this one. Yeah, this is the one that's the most like a mobile game on yes. 3DS. This is Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Yeah. Microtransaction game experiment for nin- from yeah. Nintendo. But, but like, weird flirtation with microtransactions. I, w- I wish <laughs> I could be. I wish I could be more profound with this. But like, you know, I still play the occasional free to play game, free to play mobile game, and I hate them because part you're kind of designed to hate them. Because part of, you're not only playing the game, but you're playing against the free-to-play model. Like, ah, if I do this, I can play longer because I'm playing against these barriers they put in place that are needless, that, that won't exist, that don't exist in other platforms. And this is, that gameplay is all this. Like, I want yeah. you to, did you like that game? I want you to pay for it. Fuck you, Rusty. Like, my family's really hurting. Fuck you, Rusty. <laughs> I I really need my nose hairs to fuck you, Rusty. All right, one ninety nine ninety nine cents. It's it's those games, but what if you could negotiate down the microtransaction mm-hmm. price? Which you can sort of in mobile games you can try to do where like you know it'll be like, hey, uh, this is the um the, the founders pack. You just started playing this game. You get a twenty percent off savings if you buy this pack, and you're like, no, fuck you, game, and you close it, and then it comes back to you like, all right, well, what about thirty percent off? It's basically Rusty's real deal. Like they yeah. keep offering you better discounts. Nintendo is just more upfront about. It. There's it's like, yeah, we're gonna make it funny and have a dog. Mm-hmm. Do it. There is a profound anti-capitalist. <laughs> Mini game in between all these other baseball mini games. <laughs> it's the most yeah. depressing Nintendo and, game you've ever. This is the saddest sack dog character yeah. in any game this ever. W- washed up former athlete who opens a, a sporting goods store and just wants to sell kids baseball stuff, but like kids don't want to play baseball anymore. So I went down to Nintendo. Uh, which Nintendo makes a parody of themselves in their own game, right. and they 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 make the best games. And I got them to make baseball video games. It's also like a weird tribute to one of Nintendo's early toys, which was like an yeah. automatic an uh, automatic pitcher machine, the the Mega Arm. Yeah, 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 yeah the Mega yeah, yeah. Arm. And it's a, it's in a bunch of WarioWare games. Yeah, and and it appears here, so you you get the games, and the, you get the games like the game itself is a demo. Like, Rusty's Real Deal is a free demo that you download, and then you go into these haggling minigames, but they will let you try the quote-unquote individual baseball games first. So you take them home and put them on your complimentary 4DS that uh, Rusty gave you, and you jump in with one of his kids, and then you're on a baseball diamond, and the mega arm is there, and then it climbs up out of the ground, and it's attached to a body wearing a business suit, and it will just start... Uh, you know, softball pitching you these balls and you hit them with the bat and it sounds wonderful. Just that, that person is really good. Very satisfying crack of the bat. And once again, metal, metal bat, yeah. a moment I turn the 3D on because you, you're... They throw speed. They throw uh, pitches out at different uh, speeds and heights, mm. and you can really gauge that better with a 3D. Absolutely, yeah, sure. And I, I, that that might be a platform failing. I'm not sure, but like it just was the case, which is why like why we talked about like some of this are unrecreatable. The magic of Rusty's Rusty mm-hmm. Sluggers. Well, especially now, like if you didn't already buy those mini games, you can't. 
uh, that's it's it's just over because and, and, it would connect to the eShop and then you would pay real money for these games. Yeah. So like the baseline price for all of them was like four dollars, and then you can bargain them down. You can uh, use items to get them in a good mood, like you can feed him donuts or, uh, like you mentioned, give him nose hair trimmers. Trim his nose hairs. Yeah, and as his his mood improves, like the music gets increasingly weird. So that was Rusty I, just enthusiastically knocking a whole dollar off the $4 price. I, and I feel like this is Nintendo, like, we don't want to make these types of games. You want to make a, these types? We're going to do it. We're going to make you feel really sad about it. Rusty has nine kids to support. Yep. We have <laughs> 9,000 right. employees to support. <laughs> Buy our game. Pay money for oh, our I, really, I know everything's free on iPhone. really need the money. My my wife just disappeared somewhere. I don't know where. I kids don't respect me it is hilarious it is like it is not the best 3ds game it is my favorite 3ds it's, game. it's so weird okay so like little behind the scenes info here like knowing the way that stuff is shut up is set up on eShops, right that means theoretically they have to set up the same dlc which is each mini game at like several different price points yes. and then you get the one that you negotiated down yep. to and that's the one you pay like because you can't change pricing on DLC in the eShops on the fly yeah. it does not work like that like yeah well i feel like it part of it is also preying on people like me who can't who can never bring themselves to pick the rude option in a in a conversation tree like a game with moral choices where you can be a dick. I, I yeah, can never if you, be. A if dick. you had a lot of disposable income, you could spend eighty dollars in this game. Mm -hmm. But they were like clear in the press release that like you can get everything for twenty bucks. Just play the game. Just yeah. play the Do you remember if there was ever did, did the pricing ever increase if you were too rude to him? Like was no, it kind of like okay, so. I had him down to two, and now now he's back up to two fifty. No, but Matt, Matt's exactly right. You cannot. There is no fluctuating prices on the 3DS. Those were yeah. all had to be separate things. <laughs> and you could, I want to know could how many it. instances of each there was. Like how many variations of pricing they had to set up. It's a, and it was it's one of the only times. And it's Nintendo. It's mm -hmm. not like some fly-by-night publisher. It's like Nintendo did this. Like, yeah. there, were, there were like 20 free minigames. And there were a couple that just like, oh, I'll never play that one. And Rush yeah. is like, oh, my kids are so hungry <laughs> and like still <laughs> not paying it, man. Want. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I couldn't give a dog $2 to feed nine other dogs. <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. <laughs> like, again, I think this is a massive commentary on both capitalism and Nintendo's anger about the pricing, the market prices of, I, of live games. Yeah. I also think part of the charm of this game to me, like as a kid growing up in the 80s, is like he kind of reminded me of like McGruff, the crime dog. Kind of reminded me of every dog that was in America Sings that eventually got ported over to Splash Mountain. It's like there was something <laughs> really weird and Disney-ish about mm. this, like completely well, like <laughs> sad also, sack. Also dog. had kind of like a weird Homer Simpson vibe with the bad comb over. <laughs> and, and well, <laughs> that's if you played it in America. Mm. In Japan, Rusty was a Chinese stereotype. Oh dear. Did you did you not see that? Like no, Rusty no. is a very ethnic stereotype. Oh, that's how God, I wonder if that's where the haggling comes from. 
Dude, oh, Lord, yes. this like, just took on a totally different tone. Than <laughs> oh, yes, no. like, you can see pictures of it. Like, he is a... It, uh, yeah, whatever. I can, I, I'm the ugly American. I don't know what the differences are. Uh, they're, they're, I learned about <laughs> some of them, but they were all depressing and non-repeatable here. But yeah, Rusty is a ethnic stereotype in Japan. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures now. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is not good. Wow. Okay. We no longer advocate for this game. No, no one. Only the U.S. version. <laughs> it's a ten-year-old game yeah, from true. a country we're not from. Hmm. I'm not expecting them to be as woke as the most vocal person on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, why do I always have to sound like the Republican on the show the last two? Years? I don't know. <laughs> See that it stops. Um, that, <laughs> that has been our top five. If you live in Florida. Yeah, games lost with the eShop. Um, hope you had fun. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some very not 3DS games, some RE4 remake, some Chia, some, uh, Chia, some Chia. news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back to back. I'm kind of becoming comic obsessed in the early to mid 80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watched those over and over and over again. And to me, they they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? To coin- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It, I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about Okay, okay. Them. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just going to dive straight into For 3DS Oh, sorry Ah, Resident Mm -hmm. Evil 4 Remake is not on 3DS but it is on current gen systems uh, and is fantastic Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if you remember what I was saying last week about how like Resident Evil Team Whatever they've been doing, they've been knocking it out of the park with the last few games, like creating these really fun-to-explore worlds that are still horrific. But once you get past the initial scares, it's... And, and like, here in Resident Evil 4, I do not remember 
the original game being like the kind of thing where like, all right, well, I've I'm comfortable enough with the layout of this level. I've killed a bunch of these monsters. Now I'm just going to backtrack through at high speed and hoover up all the items I left behind. Uh, oh, there's mm. item in this room. I'm going to grab it. It feels like a 3D Metroidvania. Sometimes. I think that's got to be the weird thing about the remake because uh, what in terms of like agency, like or how how adept you were as a player, like it's you're way less encumbered as a player in Resident Evil Four because the other ones you're like just on this like grid and spoke system and a fixed camera view, but this looks exactly like Resident Evil Two and Three remake. Yeah. It does, and and um, you can you can move while shooting, mm-hmm. which is you couldn't do before. The enemies are a bit more agile and weaselly to to make up for it, so they'll they'll uh, bob and weave a lot more, and it's hard really to do. draw a bead on their faces. Have you been playing it at all? Only the demo. I played the demo okay. twice. Um, yeah, I got sucked into one of the other new releases, but. Um... Never. I, I'll get to that at the end. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, the demo is great and you know it's it's just the first playable part of the game and uh from from there it uh it actually expands some things it fills in blanks and adds bits of gameplay and new areas and collectibles that weren't there before um and it it is it's just hugely fun that's what i was wondering because i I've, i've replayed four more than i have any other resident evil no, yeah. oh, see, I I never have. I've played it at launch, what? original launch, loved it, and I was telling you guys, it's like I remember like glimpses and pieces of the story, but I I don't even want to look up the story because it's like I'd rather just re-experience it how the remake tells me that that story again. You know, I, like somebody in the Laser Time community brought it up. I'm sorry, I I don't remember the name. We streamed the game in its entirety just a couple of years ago and made Brett hold a black bass in his briefcase the whole time. <laughs> uh, and, and this game has a auto-sorting thing that, like, oh, my God, would that be a... That sounds like a fucking godsend. I like, have not used it. I didn't even know it no? was there until I read about it on the internet. Wow. That, that feels like blasphemy to me. Like, his managing that stupid suitcase is one of the fun parts of the game. Wrong, but a little Tetris game. <laughs> a little <laughs> stupid Tetris game. I think 2 Remake had the auto sword. I remember I just didn't like using it because I, I sort of like to have my own little layout. Like, I'm going to put all my ammo right here, and I'm going to put mm-hmm. my guns stacked neatly yep, here. And, yep. and the auto sword just is like, here, we're going to make it fit. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. That, you know, uh, that default position system fucking blue and you could not pick up stuff if they weren't arranged properly oh yeah, Didn't yeah combine no, I know. I know. things but it, it but my, my ocd like gets upset like if if all my you know and most ammo is like the two squares if one thing of ammo is like off that center just a little bit like my ocd is like no this sucks so bad unesthetic non-aesthetic things so i don't think the the earlier version of the game had shooting galleries did it not that I'm, I'm yeah, like so, I said, I don't remember much of that. So game, this one yeah. adds certain merchant areas have now have like these little elevators that you can access and you'll hear like some like jaunty piratey music coming from them. And so you go down and they've set up these elaborate 
very posh looking shooting galleries where you can go and take on uh, different shooting challenges. And it's, it's all just like, you know, shoot all the pirates. Don't shoot the sailors. And uh, you're, you're trying, like you, there's a bunch you, of different, you can't be wasting your own ammo on it. Right? No, no, no. It gives you infinite okay. ammo oh. for these. And, oh, and yeah, it's always like, goodness. you know, you have to do it with this specific gun that's tuned to these specific parameters that we'll just give you for the duration of this challenge. Uh, so it's, it's just pure fun. And and pure test of skill because like, you know, there'll be like fast moving targets that have these tokens on them that you have to shoot. And if you like shoot all of the tokens, then you get a specific reward. And actually the reward that you're going for is tokens, like uh silver and gold tokens, and then you can take them over to a gotcha machine, put in three of them, and then you'll get like a suitcase charm. And the suitcase charms will impart different effects. Like there's a charm that's like a little figurine of Leon with a shotgun. And I think it gives you like an extra 40% uh, when you sell ammo back to the merchant. that He'll give you 40% more. Show me your amiibo. <laughs> I did have to tell you, Michael, his name's Tolkien. We actually found out last year. It's, oh, it's, oh not, it's not It's not Tolkien. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And so uh, Yeah, I understood that as well, but. These are these are actual little arcade coins, okay? They added, okay, yeah. No, they added they added stuff, to, yeah. which four always to me tonally felt sort of all over the place, but in a good way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It had like the zany shopkeep who, what are you buying? You know, which we yeah. use that sound forever on. Yeah, the show. they they gave him a new voice, but he's he. It was so that they could give him a lot more lines. And like, oh, that that's a good piece. We do some fine work here, stranger. Well, Kiefer Sutherland was out of work. He needed mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah, yeah. You bring him in. Have you subscribed to the RE Universe newsletter? <laughs> Remember, one of these Twitter accounts is for the movies, which I... don't exist anymore. Jason Statham, stranger. <laughs> I still wish they would have just brought in the Duke. Like, just put the Duke as the shopkeep for every Resident Evil game. Don't explain it. I think you know, they established like... that they know each other. So, like, they sure. might be, you know, part of the share, same shared delusion. And that's that's one thing. It's like, I always wondered, like, so are the shopkeepers really there? Is Leon imagining them? But then, like, if you have a companion character along, like, Ashley will pipe up. Like, uh, at one point I found, like, this treasure that's worth, like, 15,000 pesetas. And she wouldn't shut up about it. She's like, oh, man, that treasure's <laughs> really cool. And, I'd, like, walk over to her and like, oh, are you going to sell that thing you bought? Or that, that you got? And, uh... And then also, if you take a companion down into the shooting gallery, you would think Ashley would be like, can we get out of here? We we need to leave. Like now there's people trying to kill us. And instead, she just like sits on a barrel looking all sexy and like, oh, Leon, you're such a good shot. Wow, this is amazing. It's just like when we went to the carnival when I was a kid. This is validation you'll never see in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you call her Ashley, I just think of that stupid Biden AI meme of with this game. Like, okay, you got to go rescue my daughter, Ashley. He's <laughs> like, he's like, I'm no longer racist. I speak Spanish now. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and you can like the game has a full Spanish audio track, and I was kind of curious. Like, so what are the what what do the ganados speak if it's in Spanish? It's still Spanish, but it's all Castilian Spanish. Which for me, like that's great because that's the accent that I can understand well in Spanish, and 
because that's that's what I I grew up listening to. Mm. But uh, and it's a bit you know with with something marketed in the U.S. you'd normally expect to hear like Mexican or Central American Spanish, but so it's it's kind of a surprise. Aye, we aye, call aye. that Latam Spanish, my Latin, Latin American Latin American Spanish. Thank you. Yes, that's better. Latin American Spanish. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm getting all over the place. The the key takeaway from this is. This is a hugely engrossing game that, like, it it delivers a similar experience to the original, but improves it markedly. Like, it feels great. It looks amazing. There's a bunch of really cool, new, fun stuff to interact with. So, like, two. Mm. Yeah, it feels a lot like the two remake. It makes me wonder, what did the three remake do wrong or was it just that three is just not that great a game compared to two and no, four I, I, I thought i read that three was kind of the well the most needing to be improved mm-hmm. and yeah and and was the most entertaining of all all the remakes so far i i think four is the least necessary of being improved but and uh, yet so, they do a great job with it. Like it, whether it needed it or not, it is fantastic now. It, it, the problem with that though is it, it's the least in need of improvement, but therefore the one that needs the most attention and love. Because if you mm-hmm. if you fuck it up and don't improve it that much, yeah. you're gonna it's gonna be uproar. Which which yeah. obviously isn't the problem. Like they they, mm-hmm. they did the right thing by this game, but still. Yeah, and uh, you know, the events aren't quite in the same order that I remember. Like I, I feel like the bit where you're separated from Ashley and playing as Ashley is a bit later in the game. I could be wrong because, you know, I last played this years and years ago, but uh, I I do remember like, yeah, it wasn't as quite as involved as it is now. Like it Mm. feels like you, you do more, you have a sort of defense in that, that section that you didn't have before, but yeah, it's a man. it, It is just great from top to bottom. I don't, really want to say too much but it it is immensely fun uh spent my whole but doesn't, weekend doesn't go ff7 remake on anything um, not quite to that degree like it's still no. the same basic storyline still the same mm. events um, there's your box quote capcom michael michael rapara says good for tops and bottoms this yep. game so <laughs> still the same quote bot seeger <laughs> Pitcher or catcher, you will enjoy Resident Evil 4. I mean, I mean, this makes me wonder, like, because this is now part of, like, Capcom's semi-annual release cycle. Hmm. What's next? Like, uh, Code Veronica, other than that, like, what do you do? Remake 5? Remake 6? Remake I, I do think Umbrella five and six, 5 and 6 need some love. Like, five, yeah. you know, 5 and 6 started to go off the rails. Maybe if they can refine those a bit yeah well i think something that makes this really special is that it doesn't just feel like a remake it feels like a legit resident evil sequel like this is a Mm. new game that does interesting new things with the gameplay and it improves on what we saw in not just re4 but re village like it feels very modern it's a very modernized experience in all the right ways Oh, so damn. I can't I cannot recommend it enough. This might be my game of the year so far. Really? Yeah. God damn it. I'm having mm-hmm. that FOMO, but I I am still playing my wrestling game and loving that, but shit. I mean okay. the, the the biggest issue I'm coming up with with games like these are I'm out for new experience. This delivers new experiences. And it was just like the Dead Space game came out and I love the way the way Matt 
said it that like I don't want to replay the game as it was. I want to replay the game as I remembered it, mm. and I'm excited to do that. But I'm not excited that excited to do it over new experiences. And then I just waited two weeks, and it's like eh, Dead Space is coming to Game Pass in May. Is it's it really? Like, I didn't see that shit. Something like okay. that, or like yeah, yeah, like it's. I mean, it's it's part of. There's a cycle with EA. Oh, with the EA uh, Play service, sure, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's it's just going to be there, right? Yeah, and and every Resident Evil game has ended up on Game Pass at some point. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I other than me trying to get it at Walmart before, I had a dumb story of like, I'm going to go to Walmart and see if they broke Street Date on this, and then I'll buy it. And I and of course it was on shelves, and I tried to buy it, and the register wouldn't let me, and I felt really bad for the stock boy because he's like, you know, yeah, I like games, but I thought Resident Evil Four been out for years, and like, you were not wrong, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you were not wrong to be handed a yeah. box full of Resident Evil Fours in a box which has been out for years on in Walmart to, to think it's been available before. Yeah. Well, one one thing I'll say before we do move on is that uh, so this. Like Resident Evil Village, uh, there there are moments where I've been thinking like, oh, wait, did I fuck up? Did I miss this collectible that was in the last area that I now can't access? I'll get it on the New Game Plus. I'm already thinking about the New Game Plus and how much faster I'll be able to, to mow through everything on the second time around. And mm-hmm. in fact, I found out a uh, little tidbit for people who are doing a New Game Plus. So the Village part, if you mm-hmm. have a sniper rifle which you mm-hmm. will carry over into your new game plus playthrough you can Spoilers. when when the when the villagers start to attack you can sh- you can shoot the bell what? and they will Shut just go up. into the church it will stop the attack right there holy shit yeah. that's an intuitive way to play through fast yeah you ha- you have to wait till the, i think the chainsaw guy comes after you cuz you you have to that's... go into that house you climb up on top of it and from there you yeah. can hit the bell that's going to be wonderful for speed runs yep Yep. I'm sure there's probably already plenty of speedruns doing that on YouTube. That's pretty dope. Yeah. So RE4 Remake, fantastic. But uh, Chris, you've been playing another game that came out last week. Chia. 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 Man, where do I even start with this game? Um, I got into it because A, it's a Breath of the Wild-like, but also... In my opinion, it's the most significant PS Plus game ever. Well, it was it was rare in that it, it, I think it's day and date with release. It came to the PS yeah. the PS Plus library, you know, which yeah, they it was, don't it was, they don't really it do was the close. new release thing. I thought I looked, and it may have been like a day or two, but like it's within the first week. This new game is available as a free game, and only Stray has done that, and it is way better than Stray. Oh yeah, Stray did that, sure. Um, but that, but seriously, for PS Plus subscribers, that's it. Like all you've gotten is old games. Well, to clarify too, it's not it's not PS Plus essential like me. It's it's the ex- uh, enhanced or whatever the fuck. I'll never remember extra, God, extra, man. and premium. Right? Premium is the top tier. I don't know. It's so stupid. Yeah. I, look, <laughs> Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Let's get Matt ten dollars. It's the middle and let's, above, right? Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's the middle and above PS Plus, which they almost tricked me. At one point, they were like, "Hey." You know, because uh, I think I paid through PS Plus for like the next four years because of a sale. They're like, yeah. hey, if you, if you want to upgrade, that'll be like $170 for your remaining Jesus time. Jesus like, Christ. Yeah, and that's why, I, that's why I never did it. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to pay 170 bucks to upgrade for the remainder of my to thing. To update but, your current plan. But they sent me like an email like, hey, 
we have this on sale. If you want to upgrade the rest, we'll only charge you 80 bucks. And I was still like, nah, you almost had me, but nah, fuck that. Like, no, I'm not doing it, you know? I, it, because it I'm, be I'm awesome. a Game Pass uh, Ultimate, and so I'm like, I can only justify one of those. And I do I do, I do Gamefly as well. So I, it's like, I, well, I, I got enough subscription services. Thank you. I, I, I Well, yeah, we're podcasts, so all we can do is promote subscri- subscription services. True, uh, true. But, uh, but Game Pass is one of the best. PlayStation Plus needs to catch up. But this is a good fucking start. Uh, it is yeah. a. I would I would say it's a game of the year contender, but it's coming out one month before the game. The actual it's, Breath of the Wild. The sequel, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, it's it's the best ever Breath of the Wild like, but it's also like. Um, oh wait, wait. Genshin Impact begs to differ. Yeah. Sure. Well, well, well it's, it's, little, it's, little Gator game also has, is a pretty strong contender. But, but it's it's the most lovable game I've ever played, and it's the most accessible game I've ever. Sorry, not accessible, but like. Uh, if you, I've talked to plenty of people who hate the combat in Breath of the Wild. There's no real combat in this game hmm. it's but, like a breath of the wild with all puzzles and traversal yeah you like possess items right yeah and they tell you that and they don't really tell you what you can do and that was my frustration because it looks like breath of the wild homegirl has a glider and uh can run around this this island area it's like it's like breath of the wild mixed with uh, a wind waker mixed with mario odyssey with a little dash of moana in there, um, mm. I know that I love Moana. And some rhythm mini games. I lo- yes, uh, great. No, I know. Uh, don't make me start yeah. singing. Now I'm intrigued. Uh, uh, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're but welcome, Matt. You're <laughs> welcome. I, I just, did, I just told you <laughs> that joke. You're, you're well, because uh, uh, it's got all the, all that music is going. It's a south. It's set on a South Pacific island. It. it I'm trying to find a, a yeah, well, funny way to say this. It, I, like it introduced me to a country I did not know existed, which is yes. New Caledonia, and it is New it is based on the language and culture and myths of New Caledonia, which is like, uh, yeah, it's an uh, it's it's an island nation off the coast of Australia. Yes, the third smallest nation in the South Pacific, hmm. I believe. Um, but but like I know I'm just saying that because I know where Samoa is, and I know where. New Cal- Caledonia is only because I looked it up before I did this because I definitely did not. All right, but it's trying to ape Breath of the Wild, but it's like this water focused. You're not really being attacked by anything. You're just doing objectives and traversing. And like, and my first complaint was like, uh, Chai is really slow. Like, I can't sprint. Chia, Chai, Chia. What did oh, I say? Oh, wait, that's Jesus her Christ. name. You call her Chai. Yeah, like the T. Uh, uh, I keep misspelling it, even when I Google. Uh, she's really slow, and then like, there's not a lot of gameplay mechanics that use the soul-like thing, and it's just like, there's a deer over there. I can capture this deer, and this deer can sprint at 190 miles an hour Whoa, across this nice. island. And uh, and then I was like, uh, well, that's all right, but it keeps getting cut on this rocks. And I look up, and like, I can possess this bird. I can possess this locust. And and so mm. it, it beats Breath rad. of the Wild. I'm hearing Breath shades of, the of a ghost trick with the possession mechanic. Tell me more. It beats Breath of the Wild this week in terms of traversal of how fast you can fucking get around. Mm. But it's 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 a little more of a vibe than um, uh, Breath of the Wild. Uh, not again, not combat heavy, 
It's the most accessible game I've ever heard of. And by that, I mean things people complain about on Twitter. It's just like it checks all the boxes. A uh, person of color from a land you don't know, which is represented very well, including down to their instruments, traditions, and music. I don't think that's uh, accessibility. That's inclusivity. Mm. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Uh, you can skip almost all gameplay sequences <laughs> oh. okay. uh, and have them play themselves. There's a family-friendly mode because there's a depiction of a child cutting the head off a chicken who lives for, let's just say, a while Jesus. Uh, with blood squirting out of its neck. Uh, you can, like, turn all that shit off. You can turn off death animations. You can... It just... It has all these accessibility options and its map is terrible. <laughs> like, I just don't understand that. You have this... Uh, I can watch this in colorblind mode, in uh, uh, family-friendly version. I know the uh, expression any language I want. This game sounds woke. This game sounds woke as hell. God damn it, Critics I don't want to play no I think, woke I think accessibility options are great. I'm not, not praising them. It's just like, it's odd. Like, why are all these features in here that... I don't need as a white normie. <laughs> uh, but your map is terrible. <laughs> like, you literally pull up a map, and it's like, it's a map. You can't see where you are in context of anything. Oh, I hate when that you, happens. I hate it, when that happens. Like, there, there's a compass, but it constantly falls off the screen. It, it, it lacks the polish of it. I feel like I'm shitting on the game, but, like, this should be game of the year, but anything that's going to happen... Anything that people will love about this game will probably be forgotten by the time May rolls around. Because the the real Breath of the Wild sequel will be out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 but but I, but I also know that people didn't. Oh, I hated the combat, the degradation. Like that doesn't exist here. Like you can, you are a slow Spider Man. You can climb any surface, whether it's rainy or not. Increase your stamina. Uh, be a bird. Be a be a bug. You can climb up any building. It's really crazy, and it's it, especially by it's it's by a very small team. I think this game would be in game of the year contention. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild will make it completely forgotten. There's, there's room for two similar games, and there there are there are there are, because there are a ton of like it's it's super friendly and fun and chill and what did you say earlier comfort. Uh, cozy, sure, yeah, cozy, cozy, uh, a cozy game. Like, okay. it's not violent. The only things you have to kill are things made of fabric, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. You possess a pile of fire and become fire and burn the fabric. Nice. <laughs> Animals don't attack you. People don't attack you. And I just got into like, I've been possessing deer, pigeons, parakeets, pigs, cats, dogs. Who can poop on command? Some who are explosive. You have my do attention. It. Uh, do it. It, it has a very reference. tiny inventory. That's another <laughs> complaint. But but mm. for me, this is a free game via what I've already paid for. This is amazing. This is exactly what PS Plus should be doing. And if you are a PS Plus member, this is a must, nice. must play. Nice. Uh, it looks like a shorter Breath of the Wild with a less less of a combat focus. Uh but yeah, it's it's awesome. Uh, I, I love I, I love it. I can't get enough of it right now. Uh, I just wish it's wish its map was better because all I'm obsessed with is increasing my stamina via fruits and totem shrines. And you can never really you can literally pull up a map next to you. You cannot see where you are on it. 
Can you imagine that? Like, how does this help me? <laughs> Where am I on this map? There's no icon for me. <clears throat> Doesn't seem great. Yeah. Anyway, the, I thought the game was great and mass encouragement to PS Plus uh, and PS Plus users to check this out. Plus, I mean, it's fun to say, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. This is how old I am. Has ever, anyone ever done a mashup of Fred Durst saying that, but with the old Chia Pet commercial from back in the day? Probably. Like, Ch -ch 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 mm -hmm. I, I tried, but like again, it's 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 uh, it's in a language from an island I've never really heard of. Hmm. Um, in French, because they be colonizing. Hmm. Um, and it's in English subtitles. There's no option to hear this in English. Right. And. It's supposed to be a celebration of where this small team, like their co-founders, are from. Mm -hmm. and, and, and and like, I had a neighbor who was like uh, approaching his seventies, and he, you know, he has a story of like being from a Pacific island, grew up in dirt floors. Yeah, the, the, his his pictures are amazing. They didn't have many cameras, uh, but it's just odd to think of like he's younger than my dad and had this experience, but. Oh, dude, like, w when you traversal-wise, like, you got a stamina bar like Zelda, but, like, if you can float above the treetops, you can swing back and forth on the tops of any tree and fling yourself forward a thousand miles an hour. Cool. You feel like little girl Spider-Man. It's awesome. Uh, I, I, I have so much to say about this game. I feel like I'm babbling, but I'm, I'm a little drunk. Uh, but I loved it. I loved it. it, it I think it, it would be one of my game of year, game of the year so far. But I'm pretty sure Breath of the Wild's going to knock it the fuck out. Fantastic. Well, um, yeah, good good week for games. Uh, we also have Have a Nice Death, uh, which is. Have you guys played this at all? I was, but we weren't joined by our friend Micah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we were going to have Micah Cephalon from, but he caught the GDC creepy cruds, which is yep. like everyone other than Michael I know who went to GDC caught sick. So mm -hmm. sorry. Hope you feel better I'm soon, Micah. Love Micah. But he was, yeah. he worked, he worked on the game. He was going to come talk. About so, it, but, so yeah. um, it is a 2d roguelite um, feels inspired by, you know, the likes of hollow Knight uh, and stuff like that. And that it has like very fluid, uh, versatile, uh, acrobatic combat that feels mm -hmm. really good to just you know hammer on buttons and and use your scythe to to rip shit up. Uh, it has a like I, I feel like I haven't gotten far enough in it to really understand completely what it's about. It's like uh, if Death was a corporate CEO who had ended up because he didn't want to reap so many souls by himself, he hired too many helpers, and now the operations gone out of control uh his flunky brad is letting too many people into the afterlife without proper processing it's causing a paperwork nightmare so you have to go and uh fight these various ghosts and office drones that work at your company but the whole time you've got like the hr director saying like hey assaulting employees costs money i'm gonna have to put a curse on you and the curse is actually a perk like oh you'll you'll <laughs> regain health when killing enemies stuff like that and this is your pretty face is going to hell tie in here that deserves to happen yeah it has a, has a little bit of a similar vibe except you're not really torturing souls you're just processing them and I'm only saying that for yeah. freaks and geeks fans I did not know Sam from Freaks and Geeks wrote and directed the new Dungeons and Dragons movie and there's a wow. Freaks and Geeks reunion promotion with Martin Starr and Sam Levine neat and it, watch it fun uh, but yeah and 
like you you have uh you know underlings who will reappear periodically to give you like tutorial advice and stuff like that there's a woman named harriet who is like a skinless athlete but is really chipper she's just like you know (laughs) all muscle and big bulging eyes with like a whistle around her neck and she's like you know swung over the top of the uh swing set you can't do that Mm -hmm. inside out boy yeah exactly exactly and uh there's uh, another another guy who's just like his head was crushed by a disco ball, so he just uh, has a, a giant disco ball for a head and makes uh, EDM noises whenever you hit him. He's, he's like your practice dummy, um, but it it it's a fun little game uh, if you like, you know that that style of roguelite Metroidvania where you're just kind of trying to unlock cool weapons to get as as long of a run as possible, beat up bosses, shit like that. Uh, if you, if you like dead cells, that style of game, <gasps> it's worth checking out. Oh, if only I played things on PC. Mm. Uh, also like a couple of other things came out this week, Matt, I'm, I'm very surprised you haven't been, uh, telling us about MLB, the show 23 that came haven't, out. Played well, haven't played I'm it. Haven't played it yet. New balls, mm-hmm. new balls. <laughs> it's, uh, it's baseball and, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, sure. It's. Yeah, it's it's a fine new sport. balls. Derek Jeter is president. I'm making things up, and, and I don't know. Yeah. Crime boss Rocky City, which I'm, oh, I'm going to need. I haven't <laughs> had time to check it out this week. I will check it out next week. Why? Why? It's, it, it's not getting very good reviews, but it's one of no. those things. It's like I have to at least see what this is because it's got a ridiculous cast. It's like yeah. Michael Madsen, Michael Rooker, Chuck Norris, Kim Basinger, but twenty-year-old versions of themselves. It, or, right. or it's like it's like idealized version, which is like kind of what I suspect will happen with AI in the future. Is we'll just have actors at their prime always, and be like, yeah, we're gonna have a. Uh, you know Harrison forties in his version of Harrison forties forties mm-hmm. yeah Harrison forties <laughs> Harrison forties like, it's where it's we like tape forties to does his that. hands this game does that but obviously their their voice performances can't match that well right? I, I, so. Michael I remember Michael like I feel like I should love this game more and we looked into it and it was like this is weeks ago uh, this is a payday clone it, it it's masquerading as a GTA clone mm. it's a payday clone yeah but then i'm i'm looking at game informers review and they they say it's like a roguelite and like oh when i'm not uh when i wasn't robbing banks or armored vehicles i attacked or defended right turf from rival gangs and no i get it but it's like it's not i think the game was marketing itself as like this is right up michael's alley and like Mm -hmm. gameplay wise it's not Mm. yeah i don't know i might i might check it out for you know an hour, possibly less than two, if you get my drift. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> ho, ho. Uh, anyway, let's move along to... Keeping that in, that's like amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it sounds like yeah. something the Muppets would sing. Mm-hmm. The Looney Tunes theme song, it's fine. Yeah, we got a we got a new week. We got uh, more info on the Microsoft Activision deal. Uh, this time, it's both both two two things indicating things looking up for Microsoft. So um, first off, the the CMA, which was like I think I think that's the one in the UK. They were 
uh, one of those regulatory boards where, where they, they kind of said, um, oh, sorry, it's the Competitions and Markets Authority in the UK. That's what CMA stands for. They revealed they are now less concerned about the deal because it worked. Microsoft was able to show them, like, yeah, Call of Duty is not just going to be on Xboxes. And, you know, they, they did all these deals we've been talking about, like 10-year deals to put it elsewhere. So they're like, yeah, that, that was the big blocker for us. We're good with it. Isn't it, isn't it weird to watch other countries regulate their <laughs> economic market? I mean, we, we do it here, too. I think they, it just to passed, much like, immediately. Extent. Yeah, But in Japan, uh, the Fair Trade Commission approved the deal already. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's like, you know, they're doing the due diligence, and all these countries are being like, yeah, this isn't really a monopoly as we define it. So it's, it's looking like it's going to go through. But ironically enough, and boy, the timing is really odd with this one. Uh, this was also the same week that a bunch of Congress people, uh, U.S. lawmakers, accused Sony of anti-competitive tactics against Xbox in Japan. Like, hmm, it's really weird that the timing of when that happened. Um, like, uh, <laughs> hmm, hmm, This yeah. is the most fascinating political news. Congress has never weighed in on video games except to say they're a scourge. They're violent. Right. Right. Uh, Man like, is sick filth, but not guns. And then now now the age we live in, literally Congress wrote a letter like an administrative letter. How come these aren't making more money? <laughs> well, and, and the case they made, they laid out was like Microsoft has been, believe it or not, like trying to build the games business in Japan for over twenty years now, right? And which I don't after, understand. They they two percent is as high as they've ever. That's gotten. the thing. They, they they represent a total of two percent of the market share at its at its peak, right? That is that is nothing, right? And and so what these lawmakers are saying is like there has to be something else going on. This has to be, you know, Sony telling retailers don't carry their like they're basically just accusing Sony of of unfair business practices and like with no proof, by the way. Like it's just this letter, like and because the letter is is basically asking for an investigation it's like we need to look into this we need to make sure that nothing shady is going on uh to give this american company a fair shake in foreign markets because obviously you know sony's doing fine over here you know like ps5s are, are flying off shelves as soon as they can stock them right so their outline was was, was just talking about they're paying companies to develop games exclusively for this platform. That's like, what's so funny. Yeah. Like, 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 yeah, Microsoft yeah. used to do that too, or kind of, you know, probably still does yeah. occasionally. I don't know. Like, it's, that's just have called you, platform exclusives. You have know? you not, like, okay, you don't play games. Have you heard of a streaming service? You mean to tell me the Mandalorian isn't going to come to crackle? <laughs> like, like... <laughs> They're paying them to keep it off crackle? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah like, like if, if that's massive... your only proof of this, like, that is that is a flimsy premise to, to you know, jump to this conclusion on. Our old senators, uh, Senator Tinkerbell from Mr. Show. Yes, <laughs> it's a party of pawn shop, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't think this is going to go anywhere, but it's... Um, yeah, I mean, hey, they wrote a letter, so we'll we'll see what happens if there actually is a commission or an investigation. They're also investigating Hunter Biden. Let's see how that goes too. <laughs> My guess is they'll waste a lot of time and government money, yes. taxpayer dollars. Uh, but for remember, go people nowhere. who like our sports team, we investigated this for a long time. We found nothing. But remember, we guess what? For a He's long the time. same type of scumbag you thought he was. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks, thanks great. for that. Great. Do you want to? Create a law to keep kids, no <laughs> kids of powerful people making money. I mean, no, not at not at all. 
That is not what we do. No, not no, no. We're, what we're going to do is investigate the WWF at the time to see if those wrestlers are taking steroids. steroids! A fucking course they are! Yeah. <laughs> Just Maybe. look at them! You can't look like that without steroids. Yes, of course they are! What are you doing? Wonderful. The right has so many good ideas right now. <laughs> That's the thing, right? It's Oh, my God. All right. Um, hey, this is very strange. I like this game. Or liked, or still like the Game Awards Fighting Game of the Year for 2022 Multiverses oh is it's not getting shut down. No. Rather, the the open beta is closing in June. Meaning, and I had to clarify what this meant because I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Especially as someone where like I I have the Founders Pack, like the hundred dollar pack, right? Yeah, they were they were charging upwards of a hundred dollar. Uh, so what it means is there will. There will no longer be online play and online modes, which is most of that game, starting this June and running until they, at some point, relaunch the game in, in, in its official launch. Um, but you can still play it offline, right? So y- if you if you come over to my house, we'll do a local match, right? Or, or, or there's still, like, the lab mode where you can practice your moves against AI and stuff like that, right? But it's like... I mean, those games live and die based on their online, and so effectively, it's like shutting this game their down. It, it seems a bit strange, and and yeah, I yeah. Kn- I know that yeah, Definitely. they're they're ending the beta period. They're officially launching. Um, I'm I'm not sure you can really call it an open beta if you're charging money, and like I don't also don't understand like there ha- there has to be a reason. They're not keeping it running until launch because it wouldn't it make more sense to just keep it yeah. online and have a seamless transition. No, and here's why. So that's the thing is I've worked on many games like this, and you can charge during open beta, Michael. But the kind of the cardinal sin, the thing you can't do is then take away access. Like you can't shut down the beta. Like once mm-hmm. you start charging, for all intents and purposes, you're sort of in. You know, in for a yeah, penny, in for a right. pound. Where it's like, no, we have to keep this thing on. And once we go official launch, it should be just. Maybe a weekend, right? Like, hey, we're going to do a weekend maintenance to yeah, prep exactly. for official launch. Not six and months. Not not six months or more, right? There's more. Yeah, I, I thought they said like retail. Look forward to the launch in June 2024. Like that was the, the date I, think, I saw. I think June June is when they're shutting it down. I don't think they did announce a date for when it's officially coming back. But so what's weird is I was kind of you know every once in a while I check in on that game because I have that pack. I have all these character tickets where it's like I just get the new characters as they come out. And I had noticed like a severe decline in new content where this was supposed to be the end of season two and they were supposed to be transitioning into season three. And they just announced like, yeah, no, season three is not happening. We're going to extend season two till June. And then we're shutting the open beta down. We're like there at launch. There was, you know, new character at least once a month or anything. There hadn't been new characters in forever. And I was like, something's. Something's going on with with the content of this game, and so I can't tell if they couldn't figure out the content pipeline to like get those updates on a on a regular basis. But the reason, sorry to get back to one of your points, Michael, the reason you would shut it down is it costs money every day you leave those servers on, like mm-hmm. whether people are on them or not. There is a burn rate. There are dev team members that well, have to work on then, this. Then thing, I you know? wonder, you know, is is the player base no longer strong enough or active enough to justify keeping it on? The last article I read about this was that this lost n- over 99% of its player base. Yeah. Yeah. But that did coincide with a, a complete lack of updates because they yeah. launched and had like consistent updates. Here is 
my speculation, I'm sure some art, other article has pointed this out. This did kind of coincide with the Warner Brother Discovery mm. uh, merger. And yeah, to, to, as, to make this as simple as possible, the people at Discovery, by that I mean the people who produce 900 seasons of shows with dwarves and people with like eight children, took over... Batman <laughs> took over Jake from Adventure Time. They now get to see what they do, and I, I, I was I I fell down the rabbit hole when I was learning about uh, the Venture Brothers. I, I was lear- I was looking into Venture Brothers and like when is when are those movies coming out that were supposed to come to HBO Max? And mm. now the company is a little more traditional, and and I don't think they're wrong. I don't think. I, do, I wish they hadn't canceled Bat, the Batgirl movie, but also an $80 million Batgirl movie is not going to bring people to your sub, your subscription service. That's not going to happen, ever. Like, it's a giant waste of money. Well, so and, the only the only thing I would say is, like, this at the time, this game came out right around when the merger was happening. This was a sort of minor success story where it's like, hey, this, this may keep WB games afloat and keep them from getting sold off or whatever. And then... They've had the year's biggest selling game so far. Hogwarts Legacy yeah. is is by far the top selling game of the it's, year. Twelve million no, plus. I, units, I think this right? game like held it's... held the record of like concurrent players on on Steam for a fighting game in a week. Like yeah. more than Street Fighter, more than Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but but maybe maybe WB Games is like, look, we're making this kind of money with like Hogwarts Legacy. You guys are now sort of small potatoes, and so should we should we be investing this much time or money? This this always felt weird to me because is, is it player first games, player one games, whatever it is? is yeah, like, it's player first. That's like a kind of unknown small team that that was given this very big franchise, like every WB franchise. Like here you go, here's the, the last the conspiracy I have in in my head is that like this got leaked over and over again, and followed by DMCA takedowns and. A lot of times, you know, Matt and Michael can confirm, well, this is already circulating. It's way less effort for us to just announce the game <laughs> than to, like, uh, throw out the trailer than, than, than fight people wanting to talk about it. We don't want to fight regular people wanting to talk about a game that exists. But but I was I was more... Here, here's the thing I said on 302010. Did you know there's a new Aqua Teen movie out? Yeah, I no, have it on no. Blu-ray. I just haven't watched it yet. A new Aqua Teen movie came out that was meant to bring people to HBO Max as subscribers. And uh, Warner Brothers Discovery took over, and all of a sudden that movie comes out. Uh, if you haven't watched the movie, they address the idea of how much the movie costs and, how, and where it's going. Wow. Uh, hey, uh, Fry Man, uh, got my friend HBO Max over here. He's my only friend that subscribes to HBO and, and is the only animated call. product I think that could respond in, in, in almost real time to what is happening because that was supposed to be like Venture Brothers was supposed to be straight to HBO Max and now yeah. it looks like you will buy those on Blu-rays for a month in Targets and Walmarts but but I think this is Warner Brothers whoever took it over his name is David something Zals. it looks like he doesn't understand the metric he doesn't sorry i don't mean to make him sound like an idiot because like we talk about this all the time off mic 
I don't understand how a $100 million thing is supposed to drive people to your subs- your subscription streaming service. It doesn't make any sense uh, at, at this point. Uh, some split dividends on like buying a game and like a, a revenue share. I get that. But it looks like Warner Brothers reserve, like totally reserve course on, on non-traditional media. And I think that's kind of what is happening here. Because by the time this, by the time this was launched, the merger was finalized. And the idea we're going to make an ensemble game with every character we have in our... Because remember, they, they brought out characters every week. And in November just went quiet. Yeah, it, and, it, and it followed up Space Jam 2, which in many ways felt like a Warner Brothers commercial. Like it was, there was a it was there was a lot of multiverses shit going on at the time, you know, with with WB and yeah, it, it is the, the stuff on. you'll never get again is it, like in terms of the eShop thing, where you're not going to get any Justin Roiland voice characters in this game anymore, even though you already had two. Uh, I have a feeling that will not come back. You <laughs> you will not be able to do that. But uh, but yeah, I think it's it's tied up in what Warner Brothers is going for, and I don't like it. But I also don't think they're wrong. I think there are is more money to be made in traditional media than there is for promoting a streaming service. Because I am officially become that person. If you're, I don't know if you guys are uh, use iPhones, subscribe to ship through your iPhone. You can just click on your name and hit a switch. You don't have to go through a survey, a Comcast horseshit. Uh, your deactivation fee—you just turn it off. You just turn so, it is off. your your premise was that this game, in many ways, was sort of just meant to be an ad for the no, no. Other I think I think this game people. this game is a pre Warner Brothers merger product. Gotcha. And yeah. the, the the new brass doesn't really understand the idea of charging for a live game. And, Dude, I, I they was going to make a joke about uh, you know them saying like, "Oh, can't we turn this into a reality show somehow?" And then I realized like, "Well, that's basically what an mainly online multiplayer fighting game is. It's kind of yeah, <laughs> it's a reality game." And also, let me just say, I fucking hated this game. I hated it. Well, you have your classes, your tanks, your assassin. Bugs Bunny is an assassin. Hell like, yeah! Like. Like this all seems designed around cooldowns and heat ups and like free to play nonsense. I fucking hated it. I hated it. Uh, I'm happy to see this as a retail release. However, I don't trust the new Warner Brothers brass to do that at all. No, uh, and that would be my. That's what I want secretly to happen. Remember, Rumbleverse was taken offline earlier this year. It was like, just bring that game back as a twenty dollars thing that I can play locally with my buddies. You, you know, need to think more, like, more like Nickelodeon Brawl. That's what's weird is that's still operating and live and like I don't think that many yes. people play it, but maybe people but it, will they didn't go through a massive there. corporate uh, a corporate merger. So my prediction is, if this game comes back, it'll come back as a singular retail four month roadmap retail game with the story mo- a story mode with voice acting. Look, I, I'm fine with that. I like that. By the way, if you're uh, listening, developer of Nickelodeon Brawl, still waiting for my fucking Paw Patrol DLC. Yeah, Chase where, is on the case. What the fuck? What the fuck? I want to beat up Jace with Garfield and April O'Neil. <laughs> and uh, again, not unlike Glassesless 3D, we should not <laughs> roll through this pretending we're not shocked these things even exist in the first place. But if this game comes back, it'll be as a giant single-player retail thing. Uh, that's my prediction. Because we were like, 
it's inexcusable to take money from people and like and, oh, we got to take this back and retool this. Like, well, part of the money you took is based on your gameplay, and you can't change that. You and you said there'll be no refunds; everything will be sustainable. But like, your free to play model is flawed, and you need to change it. And you can't change it if you're offering no refunds because the game has to maintain those purchases. I'm sorry. I, I think this is this will be like a milestone baffling thing of our age of like how to launch and relaunch a, a, a live game. Yeah, it's it's certainly it's one approach like Rumbleverse took the opposite approach like, hey, we are shutting down. We are refunding anything you ever spent. We're going to leave it on for a few more months. Enjoy versus they're like, well. We're probably coming back, or actually, I think the way they phrase it is like, we're definitely coming back, which is why we're not going to refund you. But in the meantime, you won't have online access for a good at least six months, maybe longer. It's 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 very odd, and like, it's just not done. It's never done. Like, no no one sits in a, in a conference room and goes done. like, and goes like, hey, we've been taking money on this thing for almost a year now. Uh, we got to put it on pause, and people can't. Again, you'll be able to play offline, but you can't play online with your purchase, which is. You know, in a game, you're basically making those purchases a lot of the time to show off your cosmetic shit to right. other people online. You know, like it does you no good if you're playing that thing by yourself against AI. Like, look how good I look, AI. But, like, Matt, you played this more. Were there not other aspects to it? You could enhance your character and get better cooldowns. To this, I play it all the time between bouts of uh, Genshin Impact, and I got to tell you, um, no, I don't play this that often. I check in, like I mentioned, I, I check in like every six weeks to be like, is there a new character for me to redeem? Um, there's the shit to spend on is it's very strange. There's cosmetic items for your characters like skins, right? Which makes the most sense during fights. There's like badges for your fucking like, oh, here's my profile thing between matches. Here's my badge. There's, it, it, you know, announcers. You can pay for like, oh, Shaggy's calling my match. This is fucking, yeah, Zoiks, yo, Scoob. Um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's fine. And, and that's, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, um, we were told three years ago streaming live shit is the future, and the Warner once Warner Brothers took over uh, Discovery took over Warner Brothers. They're sort of like, no, like this isn't working. And Disney stock prices is dropping. Netflix is drop uh, stock price is dropping. Everyone's stock uh, who is invested in streaming it's not showing a return. I don't care about that. I'm not. I don't care about stock prices or anything like that. But uh, I, I get it as a reality to like being a barrier to things that I like. So I think this game, as a future, as a live game, is in serious jeopardy. I can't believe we've we'll talked this long about multiverse. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Michael's been sitting back the whole. I love. It's not a bad Michael, game. I love the idea of this game, but like, but it's you not hate the game. <laughs> it's not, but it's not fun because. Uh, when Disney creates an ensemble game like, oh shit, Simba's sitting next to fucking Lady and mm -hmm. none of these are coherent. <laughs> like, Arya Stark is going to beat up Tom and Jerry, both of them, uh, next to Superman. Like, these aren't all the same fans. Disney fans kind of are. And, 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 and maybe this isn't the best way to showcase our, brand, our brands. Because uh, if you saw Space Jam 2, like, it felt weird. It wasn't fun. Wasn't fun at all. It was very forced. It felt like a dick measuring contest of look how much yeah. IP we own. Yep, you know, mm -hmm. absolutely. We own the Matrix, and then zoom over Fred Flintstone. Like, there's no way the same people care about those. Whereas Disney yeah. fans are different. 
Like, we care deeply about all Disney stuff. Why was this idea so much cooler before Ready Player One, and now it feels cynical and boring? Of, like, we're just going to mash up all this disparate IP, and they're going to interact with each other. I guess the game's not as fun. You can't really develop a community around it. um, Well, I I meant I was talking about Space Jam specifically. No, no. Well, whatever. I'm just talking about, like, uh, Smash deserves a competitor. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but e- e- even then, like, uh, is this it? I think this ain't it. Uh, sorry. Apparently not. Apparently not. Uh, you know what? It w- will be it. And this is what's weird. So, like, Chris, I think you watched this. I told you guys I did not watch that Tears of the Kingdom stream because I'm sort of. It's I like it's it. like it's like when I know I'm going to see a movie. It's like I don't want to see any more trailers. I don't want to spoil it for myself. I've already pre-ordered this game. I know it's going to be good. But what? So other than the cool new OLED limited edition Tears of the Kingdom Switch, which which looks badass. Like, love the art on it. looks really neat. What else did you see with that 10 minutes of gameplay Nintendo showed off? Just just summarize it without spoiling it. And again, like, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild might be my in my top three games of all time. I hate structuring this, but, like, I love that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, great. A new sequel coming out. And they, and they, if you did not see it, like, we could show you what's different about the world, but that would take hours. And like, oh no, <laughs> that yeah. means yeah. that means only the islands above us are different. Uh, that had me a little worried. And yeah. uh, then they show Link has a new rewind feature. Watch how this comet is coming down from above, and you can rewind it and go back up. Hmm. But the big thing was this has like a Dead Rising esque series of like combining weapons like the fuse, the, I think, the fuse system right that's where you fuse yeah i was gonna together. say when talking about uh, about chia if if you i know a lot of people who love zelda and hated the combat because you pick up this stick and fight with it like that's worthless that you will die instantly if you're fighting with the stick but you can walk over and fuse a fucking boulder a giant boulder the size of link to a stick uh, and, and instantly make a hammer. These are all. These are way more plentiful than weapons. It's weapons crafting. I, I heard you confuse the flesh of your enemies after you kill them too with the you weapons. Can, they showcased uh, uh, like fusing a mushroom to a shield. Like like basically what they're proposing means we will see interesting game clips of this for the next six years. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, well, what I what, what the way it was described is like the the new abilities make it so that even if the overworld map, because that was like you said, the big unanswered question, like is there going to be a new overworld map? It's like we're giving you four new powers to explore this overworld map like you never have before, right? Plus, plus the sky islands and all that. And one of those powers is car. <laughs> I think <laughs> the power been... of automotive. I think they've been. Did you not see what they did, <laughs> Michael? Jesus, no. <laughs> because there's like, oh, what's that on the ground? A fan? Like, why are you saying it like there were fans on the ground in the first game? Like, or like there would ever be fans on the ground in any universe? You can fuse those to your wrath uh, and craft, or and like it is fast and refined and polished, Nintendo style. I the utmost faith it'll be worthwhile, but but I'm not gonna kid around I, I, none of this stuff was what I wanted from Breath of the Wild so you, hmm. what about like, I saw uh, that there was like a tribute to the Ultra Hand 
toy, the old school, like, you know, little hand grabber thing that Nintendo used to do. Well, like, that's one of the powers is the ultra hand ability. Mm-hmm. Which is, I uh, mean, there, 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 there looked to be a, right? a billion. Because uh, uh, there's new enemies now that you'll have to face down, face down with these fused weapons. But, I mean, really, like, when I was playing Chai, it was just... Chia. All, all I want is, is puzzles <laughs> every five seconds. Chai. Chia. 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 All I wanted was puzzles. Dude, they say it differently multiple times in the game, in French mm-hmm. and the native language. All right. Now, I, so, so I mean, but do you... You sound almost disappointed when you're like, this isn't what I wanted in a Breath of the Wild sequel. Or is it like... But but now you want it after seeing it's it. It's not going to be dead. It's impossible for it to be dead, dead rising. At best, it can be Dead Island. <laughs> I don't want I don't want either of those things. I know that's what I'm you. saying, and that's all they focused on. They didn't focus on like, are there any new puzzles anywhere, or like, how do you get around the world? They if there's really a fucking that. Frank West expansion of Breath of the Wild, I'll be so pissed off. Like the West I mean, Files. Look, it's. <laughs> It's Nintendo, it's Zelda. There is an 80% chance this is going to be something wonderful. Yeah, but but, but like weapon fusing, like th- I've had fun with that, but like I've never had that experience be the most fun thing in a game ever. Have you? Like Dead Rising. Crafting? No, maybe they'll make it the most fun. Who knows? I heard it's also a way to address the one thing I fucking hated about Breath of the Wild which was the weapon degradation system and, mm-hmm. and if, the, if it fixes that perfect yeah the, the idea of picking up a shree branch which is everywhere everywhere and then you can fuse it to a boulder which is everywhere and like now you have a like formidable hammer that's cool but that's addressing a criticism of the previous game uh, and not really adding anything I, I don't know like I like it, there's all these articles speculating because, like, the Nintendo account keeps publishing Breath of the Wild videos. Tears, uh, Tears of the Kingdom videos? No, Breath of the Wild videos. Huh. Uh, and, like, you have a new game out in, like, weeks. Like, why wouldn't you showcase that? And this is the most... And the guy starts with, I could show you what's different, but that would take a long time. And then, like, here's some Dead Rising mechanics. And so, for me, yeah, it was a little, like... Mm. But, but obviously, I'm still going to play it. It's one of my favorite games of all time. This is why I didn't um, watch it. This is why I don't do this to myself, because I'm either going to hype it up in my mind as better than it will be in the actual product, or I'm going to start shitting on this product that I'm looking forward to. Like, I don't need to do this. No. Well, that way you'll either be right or pleasantly surprised. The fun of Breath of the Wild playing it was like, um, there are so many things I never did, but for months enjoyed watching people do. I know this will add to that. You, if you can fuse anything to right. anything, uh, that's going to create weird combinations. It's going to be funny forever. But like, I didn't play the game like that. Like, I never did that. All right. um, oh, you, yeah, like like the sandbox. Like, hey, I'm just going to dick around with these powers. And... Yeah, like like uh, I'm destroying these little balloon characters. That I, I can attach them all four corners of of a, of a plank and lift myself into the air, and then put a sail on it and like you can do that you can fucking do that but i never knew that i could do that and didn't do it and like it i don't know how that would enhance my experience of breath of the wild but like uh they're building upon the thing that i think makes the game viral Mm. and and they haven't told me like as a single player experience uh, what's different about this game 
Because uh, one of the the biggest things I missed in uh, uh, Chia was the Rivali's Gale. Like uh, this fucking glider is useless unless I can throw myself meters into the air, and I'm saying that for the international audience. Mm. Uh, and then and then glide down and this this is useless. Like your glider is useless when your stamina is poor and you have don't ever got Rivali's Gale. Is this still here? Can I still use this? Uh, can I drop and slow motion take out everyone with a bow? Uh, I don't know. Like, Find out in one that. month, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes, is one. the answer. Yes. Right, yes. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, uh, who's another actor who immediately lends gravitas to a role? Because we were talking about Lance Reddick. Oh, uh, can't wait. On com, Darth Ender X says, Keith motherfucking David. He's Good. he's gravitas personified. He's nobody's fourth Ghostbuster. I feel like that was meant to be read by you, Chris. Do you want to... Do a second take. I'm nobody's fourth ghost. Yeah. <laughs> my still my favorite line is like something can be stupid and evil. Candied cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Justin McIntosh says Tilda Swinton is often Ooh. the best actress in anything she's in. She has a distinctive look, but her skills help make any character she plays believable. At one moment, I am hating a movie filled with annoying children, and then boom, she shows up as. Jadis, the White Witch, to save the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Part of part of being on thirty twenty ten. That's really fun about uh, things like this. Is Tilda Swinton? She's in an adaptation, and she's playing like a straight, regular person. She's one of the hottest people you've ever seen in your whole life, and has made it her life goal to never be hot in movies. Mm. I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to erase my eyebrows. Right. She is so pretty and, and like wants to be weird. I love her so much. She's um she's one of the best parts of Constantine, but still not the best thing because like Peter Stormare steals that entire movie. But like she's still like amazing in Constantine, a movie that no one talks about that more people should talk about more often. Uh, again, I love Keanu. He wants to do Constantine 2 very bad, and it won't. It's still not happening. Uh, a woman riding a, a a man riding a woman riding a motorbike says, "I hate having to say this guy's name accurately when I'm this <laughs> drunk." Uh, Ron Perlman. Granted, uh, he can run the gamut from serious to silly. See Pacific Rim. Mm. Uh, but when he gives uh, the intro to a Fallout game, it sends chills down my spine. It never changes. War. Mm. War. His intros War never, never change. It, yeah, this intro never changes, but I still get <laughs> paid anyway. If I, if I can, uh, I think Michael knows uh, Poker Face is mm-hmm. a fantastic new show on streaming uh, Peacock. Yeah. But uh, and Ron Perlman is the looming you don't see him voice of of threat. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and have you finished the show? I, yet, I have, so I know that they are teasing a different Perlman as next season's looming presence. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, good show. It's one of the best shows uh, on stream. The best part about Ron Perlman is I know what he's going to look and sound like in thirty years because it's just mm-hmm. Tom Waits. Yeah. Like he's just turning into Tom Waits over time. It, it, it's weird when your jaw sticks out that far, not much can sag. <laughs> so 
<laughs> he's he's built like a Flintstones character. I I, I don't know that he, he can age any more than he already has. Uh, did he did he lend his voice to the City of Lost Children PlayStation games? That would be another. Uh... I that movie's amazing. If you like beautiful things that look beautiful and don't make a lot of sense, yes. Um, Who doesn't love that? I, but I loved it when I could like I could only buy the find this movie when I buy it on DVD for twenty dollars. Mm. Ah. Mm. Oh. Uh, all right, and from the official Laser Time community on Facebook, uh, Jose de Gracia says, "Anytime Giancarlo Esposito shows up, the feeling is usually oh shit, it's him, and that's the kind of vibe I aspire to bring when I walk into the room." He's done it for Payday 2 and Far Cry already. Just know that I would shit my pants if he shows up in Halo <laughs> as an officer giving me orders. He's he's also one of the weirdest villains where like he's playing off the Breaking Bad thing, so you mm -hmm. like you know he's paid his taxes. <laughs> he's he's not gonna get Al Capone. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> he's got everything settled up. If I shoot you in the middle of this, I probably have a way out of it. Yeah. Let's see. Brandon Combs says, Unapologetically, my favorite game series is Splinter Cell. One of the top reasons is the acting of Michael Ironside. His gravelly voice and the way he plays Sam Fisher is why that series is not just another also-ran-in-the-early-2000s-stealth games. Please, Ubisoft, take my money and make another game. P.S. A picture of my black Labrador, Sam Fisher, Aww. who unfortunately crossed the Rainbow Bridge a Aww. little over a year ago. R.I.P. Oh, no. Sam. Oh, no, I'm sorry, man. He might have he might have lived through the whole Splinter Cell Michael Ironside drought. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Michael Ironside recently returned to the role for for Ghost Recon and Rainbow and a couple of oh, other things. So. Oh, I'm so glad to have a Yuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Twitter uh, at Full Install says more love needs to be had for Michael Wincott. Mm. He has a voice like he has been smoking cigars rolled from sandpaper with tobacco made from grenade shrapnel. <laughs> He's also a pretty decent actor and massively underutilized. Shout out to him in 2012's Syndicate, an underrated gem. That is, wow, that is the first time I've ever heard 2012 Syndicate Me called a gem. <laughs> Me too. We were, ta we were, ta we were talking about 302010 of... Uh, of uh Oh no! It was the first XCOM. Sorry, not Syndicate. Well, but, but, the, the, both both Syndicate and XCOM had a similar thing yeah. where, like Syndicate, it, it was a shooter based on a beloved strategy franchise, and I think yeah. that kind of hamstrung it. Like, and you know, it, that was not a slouch of a game. It was created by Starbreeze Studios, which did Chronicles of Riddick, and went on to do Brothers Tale Two Sons. Like, it's it's a good game, but it's not what Syndicate fans wanted. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, XCOM had what would become the Bureau, uh, which was the, the third-person shooter, which was fine. But what re people really wanted was XCOM Enemy Unknown, and uh, they they had they were smart enough to reveal that shortly after people saw the, this 1960-set shooter and got upset. And like, oh, guess what? Here's the here's the game you really want. Like, oh, okay, all right, we're fine now. We're fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, uh, so new question of the week. Tell us your favorite 3DS memory, playing with friends, a particular moment, etc. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, calling back to Chris's shout out, I had a lot of fun with Street Pass over the years. You know, I loved taking it to E3. 
and you know, I I had like Miyamoto's me on there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, which you would get if you walk past the Nintendo booth. I had no idea if he was there or not. Uh, I had um, uh, Itagaki's me on there. <laughs> like I had picked him up, the the Ninja Gaiden creator. And uh, yeah, like years and years of fun collectibles and uh, stuff. And so I will tell you my least favorite 3DS memory, which oh. is when I lost all of that. Because uh, oh. Oh, yeah. I oh, was yeah. walking around in a rainstorm in San Francisco with it in an, what I found out was a non-waterproof pocket on my backpack. And uh, it got what? soaked. It, it, was, it was in sleep mode because I was gathering street passes. And it short-circuited. I had to send it for repairs. And they wiped all of the data that was on it. And so... Yeah, it's like being set back to zero after however many years of that, collecting this stuff on a I daily basis. Looking the street pass and like we shut down the servers and like there were servers. If there were servers, Michael and Dave could have recovered their street pass data. Oh, yeah, well, I, I don't know that they were servers that stored things on server yeah. side. Yeah, they they enabled the connection. Yeah, yeah. I, I already shared mine, and it, yeah, similar thing. Where yeah, it's like I had my favorite Nintendo creators. I had Reggie on there. I had Iwata-san. I think was even on there. It's just yeah, just that was the coolest moment to me of like, oh my god, like I'm fanboying out. Like I know these people, and they're creating some of my favorite games, or, or running the company that's creating some of my favorite games. And the Street Pass, yeah, the Street Pass related things were always my favorite thing to do. Like I have fond memories of. Just like E3, I, w- I would walk around packs with my 3DS in a backpack and remembering, God, remember this, guys, they charged, there was an upgrade to get, to upgrade your plaza so you could have more street pass tags yeah. before having to clean out your queue. And I hadn't paid for that, mm-hmm. so I was like frantically checking my 3DS like every 20 minutes to clear out my queue so your I could get more. Queue. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. And, you, and there was a paid upgrade path like that. That fucking rabbit charged you like, hey, do you want to upgrade your meat your me plaza? You get like 50 people in your queue now. It's like, yes, fucking finally. But I can't believe like that is a microtransaction of the worst order from the early days of free to play. Like here's a convenience item you're paying for. And it was like five bucks or something like. Yeah, I mean, it, it took them like 10, like eight years to do it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Because my favorite thing about 3DS is like a lot of the multiplayer stuff was either offline like you didn't need an online connection or uh-huh. uh it was totally free and and one of my favorite memories uh I, w- I was working at capcom who was putting out monster hunter which was exclusive to 3ds and the power and the internet went out and like we you know asked the bosses can we leave and like yeah i guess but like the power's out for the train too <laughs> Oh wow! So we just like, uh, oh, with 3ds you can just play offline, sitting next to another person, and so like the whole right. office is playing the ad hoc connection, Monster yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. This this thing that's our life that that that, but we still love it because it's still so. We were doing it at lunch every day anyway, and um, yeah, we're just like, I, I wish that was a picture I could send to Capcom before the eventual layoffs came. But just like, look at the whole office. The whole office is playing Monster Hunter together um, through, what do you call that? Like, not ad hoc Wi-Fi. It's, yeah, it's but, ad hoc. Uh, it's, it was an ad hoc connection. Yeah. yeah. NFC or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're all. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, no internet required. We're all 
you can all talk to one another in a 3DS. Like, crazy. Yeah. It feels crazy to think about. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm going to change mine slightly because uh, I was... We were at... at I don't remember if you were there, Chris. We were at the press conference where they introduced the 3DS. And, mm-hmm. like, it was... They, they they had demo units afterward, like, in the theater, yeah. where you're like, okay, you can, you can check this out. It was the most bizarre shit because there were these models... They were tethered were, to models, weren't they, they? Yeah, they were tethered to the belts that these models were wearing. Yeah. So, And the models weren't even, like, giving demos or anything. They were just standing there. They were basically, you know, sexy weights that were keeping you from stealing the prototype 3DS. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just had, had to walk up and, like, awkwardly, like, stand there, hold this thing that's tethered <laughs> to this woman's belt and look at it. And it's like what, what they had running on it was, like, you remember the puzzles that you'd get, like, you'd, you'd Put together the puzzles on yeah. the street pass. The street pass puzzles. Yeah. And oh god. So they yes, had like so a few of completed ones that you could look at as like these three D dioramas mm-hmm. just to get yeah. a sense for the technology. And it's like, oh yeah, no, this is really cool. I'm so sorry, I'm taking up your time. Yeah, no, no, this is awesome. Here you go. Okay, I'm leaving forever now. <laughs> I never heard them referred to as weights. They were basically like the thing attached to the gas station bathroom yes, key. Like, yes. here, don't walk away with a 3D. <laughs> but a person. <laughs> what a you human being. <laughs> there are pictures. Um, Brett was always the Nintendo guy, and he was gone that day. So it, me and Hank had to cover it. It was 11 women with 3DSs chained to their umbilicus. Yeah. And you weird. had to play it, like, in their navel. Uh, it was horrible. It was a yeah. horrible experience. But I, I remember also, like, the, just that first glimpse of the technology and, like, people asking online, well, oh, what is it like? What is it like? And it's like, well, the thing is that Nintendo, like, the presentations were showing, like, oh, Mario's, like, jumping out of the screen at you. It's like, that's not what the feeling is like. It's like looking through a window out yeah. into, like, a scene. and But yeah. it's a yeah, flat yeah, yeah. screen, but it looks like a window. Yeah. 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 It was so so weird, and it's like it's like the last gasp of like Nintendo. Are you really doing this? Oh God! Uh, because it was one of those things that like you had to have written about. You, you can't you can't show someone a trailer of a three D mm-hmm. game gameplay it, like it can't it doesn't work. And uh, Nintendo was so restrictive with it. I remember, yeah, like I had to go on a bunch of other podcasts and like describe how the 3DS worked. It feels weird because they they like took the technology out of the DS eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, like you had to be you had to be there. But I love the 3DS. Yeah, still, it's fantastic. No, no, it was the, the best old school platform there. ever. Yeah. The models had to be there so the 3DSs wouldn't walk Nobody. away. <laughs> This may shock everyone. I hate talking to models who are forced to talk to me. I just Mm. don't. Oh, it's an awful experience. Are you having fun? (laughs) Do you come with 3DS? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, why do you make me? I didn't ask to be here. (laughs) (laughs) This is even worse than interacting with a character in a theme park. Yes. Like, I don't approach women this closely when they don't have 3ds strapped to their abdomen (laughs) oh all right so 
Tell us your favorite 3DS memory. Uh, yeah, like playing with friends, a, a game that you love, just something that stands out in your mind. Like when you when you think of the 3DS, what's a warm memory yeah. that bubbles to the surface? Maybe right. you strapped it to your partner's navel at yeah. home. <laughs> Maybe you're like, I was one of those women who had to stand there in the theater while geeks I came up and touched my of, like, of, consoles. Of, of 3DS and the eShop and the 3D aspect of it, it is, you can't recreate those experiences. Mm-hmm. It's like talking about being on a theme park ride. Right. Like, yeah. uh, right. we'll never be able to recapture them. So it doesn't matter if you can emulate them with their ROM dumps or anything like that. Um, it, was, it was an awesome time. Right. Tell us your stories. Go to videogameapocalypse.com, answer to the comments for episode 517. Or go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there that you can answer. Finally, you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. What do we got? Uh, Patreon.com slash Laser Time supports this show. All the other shows. I'm not saying we're doing something with war games, but we might be. Hmm. Okay. War games. Um... Is that what you were saying? War games, like the movie, or or the wrestling? No, I'm thing? fucking. It's four in the morning here. I'm okay. Tired. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> as Chris said earlier, help me upgrade to whatever that next level of PS Plus is called. Go to Patreon.com/LaserTime yeah. and pay some money, and I'll upgrade, and then I'll be able to play games like Chill. Uh, anyway. he, he needs ninety dollars. Ninety dollars <laughs> right now. Like, is that what it is? I. It, it's gone down from the 170, but I don't know what it is today. So we'll see. What's that? What's because I'm prepaid for like four years. There was like a I deal. Know, on, I know. I there know. was like a new egg like, deal. Like get get a year of PS Plus for 20 bucks, and I was like, I'll I'll buy like five of these. I don't care. You know. I have had a blast with both Game Pass and PS Plus, but PS Plus has added no new exclusive games other than Stray. Uh, seven months after after the release for Forbidden Horizon Forbidden West and. Uh, Chia. All right. Well, as always, you can find us online at VigiGamePocalypse.com. Follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Chia. More nose blow. Hang on. Right into the mic. So Matt's listening. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Ah. Oh, so good. Just the worst. ASMR COVID boy. <laughs> Love it. <laughs>